Travis, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Doing all right. I'm, my 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 theater room is finally settling down, and we're just watching stuff for the most part. So it's been awesome. Yeah, you've been going for quite a long time. It's last time you were here was uh, December, I think, mm-hmm. and I mean we've chatted since then. And um, what did you had you done the in walls yet? by then or were you just getting them i think you talked to me about them afterwards maybe we i i i I don't know that i'd published the review yet but i would had already hit the point where they were installed and i'd been using them and i knew i was keeping them yeah um so they didn't yeah they didn't get sent back the the next level acoustics um yeah yeah and yeah since then (laughs) i was talking to talking to them and and said uh I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do for height channels because I think I'm gonna go ahead and go for Atmos and because I wasn't actually planning on it in this room and and they sent me a box of their angled satellites so I've got two of those up here on the back wall and two up in the black above the screen I need to get them out so they're ceiling mounted I just don't want to I don't want to be running cables that way so I think with I can't they're, I guess it's cut off in the shot yeah my acoustic treatment on the front above on the ceiling above the screen should allow me to hide the cables easy easily enough and get them out off the front wall and angled down the back because i'm only running 514 having the back height channels on the back wall actually extends the room back so i don't i don't hate them back here so but yeah, yeah they're just fantastic little little you know very discreet uh height channels angled satellites basically Nice. Um, what else has happened since then? Um, I reviewed the SBS in-wall. Sub, yeah, that one too. Um, and that just convinced me that I wanted sealed subs instead of my ported subs. So I, once I sent that back, I brought in two SBS uh, SB2000s mm-hmm. to replace a single PB2000 and flattened out the base response. And now actually the... The, I've got over there the next level acoustics in-wall sub that they sent out for me to review. So that'll be coming out pretty soon, um, that review. Uh, it's seriously impressive. I, I The first day I hooked it up, I'm like, oh, okay, another in-wall sub. And I love anything in-wall, anything I can hide. Yeah. Subs just, I don't, I don't lack for floor space in here for, for subs. So I'm, it's not a huge thing to have an in-wall sub. This in-wall sub, it's dual 10 inch drivers. It'll fit in a two by four construction. I've got like usable, measurable 98, you know, almost reference level base down to 15. Really nutty low power out of this thing. Yeah. That, the the SVS did really well too. It went well beyond the specs, just because they do such a great job of taking advantage of your room gain. But yeah, this thing is just really seriously impressive. Wow! So, what's the um, amplification and stuff? 
Th- that's that's where uh, <laughs> the next level acoustics does not come with an amplifier like the SVS does. So you pair it with whatever you want. And so it's a passive that you just pair with with okay. whatever amp you want. You pick up a Crown or or whatever you might want. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking up here quick. Um, it looks like the amp that they sent with it for the review is. Oh, they actually sent you one. Yeah, they sent just you know it's it's actually pretty cool. They installed this the the demo unit into a little enclosure that's that you know would mimic the two by four construction it's got a little handle on the top so you can easily get it in and out of the box and move it around and stuff um and then they included an amp with it it's a 700 watt uh amp from speakerpower.net okay but it's like a 600 dollar amp on top of the sub itself and it just I, I can't imagine two of these wouldn't satisfy like just two, just in terms of being able to cancel out a null or a, a, a you know, room mode, a, right, right. use the placement. Two of these I think would be enough for 90% of home theater owners. And they're yeah. in walls. And, and to be, yeah, exactly. To be in walls. The So how did they work for you for positioning? Cause that was interesting before we even get to that part. Mm-hmm. So they sent you the in-wall speaker in a mock wall. So yeah. now you can just put it into your room. So you don't actually have to install it in your room. Right. But you they're showing you the setup, letting you demo it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me play uh, devil's advocate for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool, by the way. But the one of the biggest issues with an in-wall is being able to position them in the best possible position. But you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't do a subwoofer crawl with an in wall. Cause you'd right. be like, it's perfect right here. Oh crap. Yeah. Now, if you're handy enough, yeah, you could go in and it's like, I'm sure you're like, like me, you'd go in and be like, let's put it right here. And there'd be a stud back there. Okay. No problem. We'll cut the stud out. We'll reframe it and we'll drop this in right. and fix it all up. Nice. A lot of people don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, or, and if you're, if you're pre-building the room, you can dedicate whichever space you want. So, but do you see what I mean? It's yeah. not as, that's the problem with walls. It's just yeah. not as simple. And then if you're not handy like that, it costs you probably as much as the sub to have somebody yeah. redesign your wall for you. So, yeah. Like how dependent on that positioning was it for you? Um, I when well let's let's go back to when I had the SVS in here with mm-hmm. with this one I took I put it right in the same spot where the SVS was really shining which was corner loading yeah. it down down in the yeah. bottom right hand corner. You've already done your homework. Yeah, let's just go to what worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but with the SVS, I, I tried it in uh, like six different positions. Um, including, you know, corner loaded down low, center of the room, one stud bay over from where the center channel lives. And I, I just wasn't installing it, but it's a sealed sub, so you don't really need to. Mm. So in those positions, and because I just have a false wall, I was just kind of stuffing it in between the studs and putting a couple screws in there to hold it, test it, yeah, um, do some measurements. I also tested it in the back of the room. Oddly enough, the place where it performed best was right here on my desk, <laughs> just <laughs> right where my monitor is, basically. So that's awkward. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it it 
it's using the same the same basic locations. I mean, very, very, very rarely are you going to have an in-room sub in the middle of your room. I'm not going to just sit right. right here because – so you're always against a wall anyway. Right. So if you've got an existing sub in an existing room, you test it along the walls, you, you know, you can – you can, I think, with a with an in wall and with sealed subs in general, corner loading is is always almost yeah. always a, a really good starting point. So, you know, just know where your studs are. But yeah, pre construction is ideal mm. if you have a good acoustic plan of the room. Yeah, or have a handyman ready to patch drywall if it ends up not working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That wasn't right. We'll move it over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would like in mine, I'm going to be running four. What did you, what, how do you think these things would run if you four cornered them? Oh, I, I don't think you would have anything that you would, uh, like, I mean, this thing not mounted into anything but the box. It's not like anchored in. It's, it's very inert already to the point mm. where, and we have concrete floors on yeah. all levels of the house, but down here, It'll still vibrate the couch. Yeah. I mean, just like my, my PB2000 and the SB2000, even the SVS in wall was, was vibrating the couch a little bit, but this is just, it's outperforming the SVS, but it should too, because it's, I think it retails at 26 or 27 without an amp. Oh, wow. It it is more, but the performance, it does, it does outperform the SVS. Yeah. You're getting your money's worth. It's basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's cool. I had just mentioned uh, in a takeover Tuesday recently that the SV, based off of your review too, the uh, the in wall I have on reserve in my head for like in my new room. I'm afraid that because I'm doing four corners, but in my room right now I have I have two PBs and two thousands and one of them is right behind me about 15 inches away. So I'm getting a little bit of that near field effect and I'm getting some nice vibrations and I'm like, I'm afraid that in the new room, which it's a larger room, I'll have four PC two thousands, which should be more than enough to pressurize the space. Yeah. But if I don't feel it the way I did here. I'm going probably going to install a 3000 literally right by because I have a bar area there right, right in the wall there just pointing right at that row of chairs you know sideways mm-hmm. mounted sideways and I think I think that would be enough to to give you a little and you know and you tune it appropriately but you give right. you enough to give you that near field and also you'd still get the nice pressurization of the room mm-hmm. if I need it it's a backup plan but. right you know, that should, that should work. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I, I just to uh, the, the next level in wall sub. Yeah. I've got them all connected and they're all on the mini DSP. So I can easily turn off the SB two thousands and just turn on. And it's all you yeah. know, EQ'd and level matched and everything. So I can easily switch an AB between the pair of sealed 12 in room versus the single, uh, in wall. Yeah. And Rebecca couldn't notice the difference. Really? Yeah. It was, that's, that's a lot of power. That's impressive. And, and for, that's impressive. And, and like you said, it's like, that helps you with 
positioning, if it's that much power, you know, you're getting that much power, being able to 700 watts, and you said dual tens. So for all intents and purposes, 20, maybe that's awesome. That's awesome. And like you said, two of them, if you put two of them into a room, you wouldn't have any problem. Two of them. But that's what? Five grand. Yeah. And you need an amplifier, but (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you reach out to next level. If you're buying two, I'm sure they'd give you. Yeah. Some sort of, uh, you know, something off there That's to, cool. to make it worth your while. But yeah, it's um, nice to see that the tech is co- expanding that much. Yeah. we There's not a lot going on nowadays tech wise for us to be like, hey, the next level of, you know, great technology. It's like, you know, everybody I've been talking to are like, what are we going to get? But uh, I guess there's some room in in-wall subwoofers, in-wall speakers. Mm-hmm. In-wall speakers has come a long way, too. Yeah. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, it was basically a glorified car speaker and there wasn't really much to it. Yeah. And now you can get, I mean, a lot of people are just, they're, they're rivaling the, you know, the standard traditional box speaker that you'd yeah. have to have. You got to move it into the room. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, so that's yeah. good for people. It's, it's, it's interesting the way things are, things are coming around. Like there, there have always been great in walls, but they're, oh, you pay for that performance. If you want a similarly yeah. priced in wall to a tower or something, you have to pay that premium. You're not going to like three get times it. the price usually yeah. to get the quality to, to your point, to get Math. the exact quality. Yeah. It was always like, Oh, okay. Those are nice. But, yeah. it, but now, and it's like, which, which is enabling the home theater people to take a smaller space and be able to utilize it more like a theater because, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a small space, but now you've got to put speakers in the room. That's substantially shrinking your space. So yes. it's enabling us to do a lot of stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it's a little more difficult. You've got to put them in the walls, but yeah. I mean, what your final outcome is really good. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's really that advantage to putting them in the walls though, too. If you really, you remove the SBIR, the, ref, the, the, the barrier, uh, reflections. And, you know, it's basically the, the whole concept of the THX baffle wall was to get in room type performance yeah. or, you know, in wall type styling with the full sized theatrical speakers um so i I actually and i just i think i shared it on on twitter in the in the community chat um did a really interesting interview with john salcedo with next level acoustics who's the guy who designs all of their speakers and subs and he's you know been in the business a long long time um and he talked about how these reference cinema speakers uh came to be and how you know, they found the drivers. He hates horns, but he found a horn that he was able to manipulate the way. And the, just like they measure, he, he measured at reference level, they've measured like 0.05 to 0.1% distortion, which is ridiculously low for a speaker. That's like, like, like he said, that's like, like that's amplifier level distortion. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. They're so, and he talked about how they do what they do in that smaller box with less air load and less air resistance. They're able to be much more, much faster and quicker and more dynamic and, and, you know, efficient. These things yeah. are like 97, you know, DB. Sensitivity? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't take much power at all. Mm-hmm. 
I'm running them off a of BaseX, just an Emotiva wow. BaseX amp, and they're just nutty. I can't even get. I, I, I can get well over reference, even though I never do. Yeah. Well, why would yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. And I haven't gone into the whole new measurement of reference either, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, it is. And I'm trying to avoid rabbit holes these days. I just want to watch movies. Well, you have, I mean, just doing what you do. It's like, I, I, I say I envy you guys, but I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I guess I envy your, your, um, mentality of being able to do that and then you know okay you know obviously you kept those speakers but Mm -hmm. like talking with you and todd and but like it's like they you guys send stuff back i'm like that's why i could never do that i could never ever do that and be like i'm like no and i remember people started well the first person to offer me anything was um was Brett Bjorkwist. And he's like, I'll, I'll put you on the list. And he goes, we can get you a Kaleidoscape to demo. I'm like, no, I don't want it until I can buy it. Cause I, I know I want it. Right. right? And I'm like, so what I can't, I'm like, and if I can't afford it, I don't even want to try it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you can't do that. to I can't do that to myself because then I'll, if I ever, I know me. And if I try this stuff, I'll, every excuse in the world will be mm-hmm. how I can manipulate. Well, do the kids really need to eat on every Thursday? Right. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, I it's mean, a I'm valid just, question. Yeah. When you're talking about the day yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. so I was like, yeah, it's, I'm like, no, I'm like, so I could never do that. And it's like, and, and obviously I, I you know, it is hard because you'll see stuff and you're like, think i'm keeping these <laughs> yeah. i i've one another review i've got upstairs i've got the the blue sound node x the new one mm-hmm. i've had the 2i for many years and i love it and i just kept hearing how the dac in this new one is so fantastic so we reached out and they sent one for review and not to give anything away but maybe it's my ears i don't hear a difference at all like i've got them set up the same like I love the way it's like a Sonos and where you can group two of them together, play the same track through mm-hmm. both of them simultaneously. So they're both plugged in with the exact same type of RCA cables into my uh, Jolita tube integrated amplifier into the same speakers, just flipping a B back and forth with the same track. I don't hear any difference. I'm still thinking about buying it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it definitely, it's, it's still an improvement. It has, mine doesn't have HDMI. Um, so I could, you know, use that to connect my TV up there through the, the two channel tube amp system for, for no real reason at all. Cause I have a nice Sonos play bar. Um, but it has that, it comes with the remote, um, it's got a faster processor, et cetera, et cetera. So there's plenty of reasons to upgrade, but I'm not, yeah, I, I literally a being it back and forth on the same, exact same setup. I hear, I've heard so many reviews about how much better this new DAC sounds, but I also haven't seen any of these reviews that, that uh, they're listening to them side by side with one of the older ones and, and the new one. So I'm curious yeah. if how much of that is actually, this sounds, I remember, this sounds better than I remember hearing the node where right. I'm playing them side by side, same track from the same source. Yeah. But and it's still a great see, unit. And I still highly recommend the node for anyone looking for a streamer. You know, hands yeah. down, I don't, I wouldn't recommend anything else. I, 
the app is the best. The hardware is fantastic. It's just, it's, I've loved that box ever since I bought it. It's so, but to your point, or isn't that like what we're saying? Like, it's so hard to come up with new tech that's going to impress us because we're at the point of like our perception. We can't beat our perception anymore. Right. It's like, you know, whether it's 4K or the audio, it's like, all right, we're going to clean this audio up even more. And it's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I thought the last one was clean, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and it's, I, I know you haven't seen, at least last I heard, you hadn't seen Oppenheimer yet, mm-hmm. but there are parts of that and it's in the filming of it. It's not the, the cleanliness of the shots is nice. The IMAX right. shots. But what I, what I took away from it and I don't see a lot of people talking about is how dirty the other shots look. And I think it's mm. for on purpose, yeah. especially in IMAX. It's like, you'll see the, you know, like you'll get the little lines in the screen and it'll literally be like right across like Robert Downey Jr.'s cheek or something. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, oh my God. And it's just like, it, it's old filmy type, yeah. but that's, it's, it's trying to give you that documentary type of feel right. with these. I, that's what he's going for. Mm-hmm. And it's, but, but not only that, it's that, the heavier grain, the, 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 the dirty film. Yeah. That only enhance, that's the only way we can enhance our perception of clean now is to go back and actually, and that's what he's doing in Oppenheimer. He's mm-hmm. a being it for you. Like, right. this is how filthy film used to be. And then, <laughs> whoa, and it's like the yeah. IMAX screen. You're sitting there and it's like, you know, six stories tall and yeah. pristine. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's like so I don't think a lot of people realize what he's pulling off there by doing that for you. And it's like you'll see it. I know you you're going to watch it cropped when you get it at home, but you'll still see that effect, Mm -hmm. especially if you're sitting close enough to your screen and you're watching it and you'll see all of a sudden. That's what I think is going to be interesting. Me, you, me, you and Todd should have the uh, conversation because you're going to watch it. I'm definitely watching it in variable. Hopefully we get that. You'll watch it in cropped and I'll bet you, you'll be able to tell. All right. I know that's when it's going to IMAX be- right. just because of the clarity of the screen. Right. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's, that's what he was shooting for. I think. Yeah. I, you know, and, and honestly, since, since again, since I've added the Lumigen, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll watch it, you know, cropped out to, to scope the first time I watch it. Um, I will likely watch it again now that I can do it where it will size it down and fit into, like, it's still annoying to me. It's still distracting and it takes me out of it, but I'll, I'll, you know, I, I, I watched a good chunk of Maverick like that the other day and, you know, it it reinforced my idea that yeah, watching it at two four is just more enjoyable for me because I I get like if you don't get distracted, you have the sixteen by nine screen and all it's doing is filling it versus not right. quite, you know being letterboxed. That's I, I that's great. I'm happy. I'm really I don't care how anyone else watches it as long as they enjoy a movie. Yeah, keep watching a movie for me, it's distracting, even with the Lumigen sizing it, you know, to keep everything well, on the screen. It's just right. It, but you're going in the reverse of what the director intended, right? The, the director wanted those scenes to be larger. You're actually going smaller. It's like 
that it should be frustrating because that's the ex- that's the exact opposite reaction. Right. They want you to go wow, and you went ooh. It, it's <laughs> just it's what not should even, happen. Yeah, it's not even that. It's, I I just don't feel like there's anything in there that I'm missing. Yeah, like well, even a, a movie like Asteroid City is done kind of the oh opposite God. of that, where yeah. they have the four by three kind of the behind yeah. the scenes narrator portion of it. Yeah, and that then Brian the, Cranston. The, the, yeah, the the story itself is in scope, and like I feel like Wes Anderson is doing it better than anyone else. He's actually using it to drive the story and become. Who did everything everywhere all at once? That one did I don't well remember too. the director, but yeah, I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, I. Everyone includes that with Aster, with the Wes Anderson like good uses of it, and and I hmm. get the good good use of it. I don't. I haven't gone back like excited to watch that again. Yeah, um, and I love the movie. It's not that I don't want to watch oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. But, you know, you get a new piece of gear that'll do something different, and you go for that that list of, Oh, I want to watch this like it. I want to watch this. I want to see what it does you know, for this. And you know, I, I've mostly been going through that list for tone mapping stuff, which oh, yeah. asteroid city was a great one uh, to watch with. What was the one? Mapping. What was the one that you and I talked about? Uh, off Thor, love and thunder. Was that the one where you had to back it off? Because it was just so... I, yeah, I had to use the Kaleidoscape to download the UHD non-HDR right. version. Because the, the just five seconds in, it was like a silhouette of the guy and just white. Just blown out, blown out. destroyed yeah. white. Kind of like the outdoor, the window that I have open here is doing to my yeah. face right here. It's just like yeah. so much. We download the UHD version. I'm like, oh, it's like cracked... Yeah, we need a gaffer over here. Can we get somebody <laughs> here? We got we got issues on Travis. Who the hell's holding that window light? <laughs> need a courtesy. Come on. Yeah, but but like yeah, the the Thor, it was just so blown out. And then I download the non HDR, and it's like, oh, you see that's cracked, dry earth. That it's the, you know you yeah. see all those that pattern. That was just nothing there with the HDR and my my older jvc that doesn't have tone mapping right so yeah so yeah um n- no longer do i have that issue so that's good that's i know i didn't know you had hdr yeah but you don't but the thing is is you don't even need it because you shut it off yep like you 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 take your projector and you turn it into a dummy mm-hmm. and 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 that's it and the lumogen does everything else yeah so um what? All right. Well, um, we've been talking about you. I, we scheduled this this conversation <laughs> months ago <laughs> um, because you knew you were. You, yeah. Actually, when we talked about it, you were just thinking of getting a Lumigen, mm-hmm. right? So, and then you decided to pull the trigger on it. And yeah. what made you? What was your? Talk us through that. Like, how? What made you even think about doing it, and then eventually do it? Well. Quite frankly, like I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit how little I com- knew about the complete Lumigen package. Like I've been sitting here on my older JVC projector, looking at like the NZ7, NZ8, and now I'm getting to the point where it's like, hmm, maybe I should wait and see what the next generation brings. And you know, just kind of thinking about that, but I've just been dying for tone mapping. And that's why I wanted it. And then I came across the, this 
post for used Lumigen mm-hmm. for a great price. Um, got it. And, or, okay, I saw it for the great price, started digging into it, and realized how valuable not just the tone mapping would be, but the aspect uh, auto aspect detection for you. Yeah. For, for you, yeah. like for this, it's perfect because the, you know, the lens memory, while it's great to have that built into the projector, every time you zoom out, your brightness is at one level and you zoom in for one eight five or two Oh, and your brightness is different because of your, your zoom level. Um, plus the long, the more you use it, the more it starts to, you, you find yourself tweaking it each time. It's like, oh, it's not quite locked in on the right framing. So I'll shift it up. And everyone becomes really annoyed because, you know, there are several titles on Kaleidoscape that are listed at 185 or whatever that are actually two to one. Terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'll, oh, yeah. I'll set it all up before everyone, you know, we get down here, we got our popcorn and hot tamales and got it all set up for one, eight, five and start the movie. I'm like, that's not one, eight, five. That's two to one pause. And everyone has to wait while I geek out and make sure that I'm using every possible pixel that I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like just having it just automatically do that, the brightness doesn't change because Technically, I'm losing out on some of the pixels because it's only using a portion. Yeah, it's yeah. still projecting black above and below the screen, but at least the brightness is the same, and I don't have to guess. I don't have to look up on IMDb anymore what aspect ratio something is and things like that. Like all the prep, it's, it's like it makes it so easy. Oh, it's yeah, it it is. It, it's, it, it. Yeah, that is some, even I benefit from that. I don't, but uh, people with, you know, CinemaScope screens, it, it's a huge, huge yeah. advantage. Um, like, did you hear Chris when he was on here? Yeah. And how, like, he, I, I thought he put it best because, and it's like, I've said it, but not as well as he's said it. Like, I love what I get to do with it, with the Lumigen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've said before, it's like kind of like an iPhone. It's like everybody makes it their own, right? It's like every you use yours, you know, it can be for entertainment. It could be for business. You could do whatever you want with the iPhone. It, it nails it. Well, that's kind of the same. And then Chris calling it like a toolbox is perfect because yeah. it's like it has a ton of stuff in it. What you're going to utilize yeah. You'll be, you'll love and you're, you're probably utilizing more than I am, but it's like you said, it's that tone mapping that's, that got both of us to do it. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's fun because the Lumigen has been around for, for long enough. It's kind of an encyclopedia, almost like an encyclopedia. If you dig Mm -hmm. into those menus, you can see references to things that, you know, we don't have anymore, but they're still in there because he was, you know, like Chris yeah. saying, he was solving someone's problem 10 years ago and it's still in the code. If someone still has that problem. Yeah. So it's cool. No, it's, it's, you mentioned Chris, Chris actually came out a couple of weeks ago to calibrate yep. in the room. And, um, when he was here, I had bought the Lumigen used and we were going through and I thought I had a cable issue because everything's a cable. <laughs> issue, right? they all, here we go. The cable. <laughs> So, you know, I had gotten new Pixel Gen cables, put them all in. I use, uh, Pixel Gen is not one that people typically recommend, but it's what comes packaged with the Kaleidoscape, and I've always had really good luck with them. So I got a couple more of them to add the Lumigen and got here. And, and I was having issues with the, dis- with the menu on the Kaleidoscape. It wouldn't 
it wouldn't give me an image. And I was goofing around with it going, what's wrong with the Lumigen when I first hooked it up before Chris Hmm. was here? And I accidentally on my phone, I, you know, in the Kaleidoscape remote app, accidentally started playing a movie and it popped up, which immediately said to me, okay, it's not passing 60 hertz, but it'll pass 24 hertz. So I thought, oh, it must be a cable thing. I'll deal with it when Chris gets here. I'll have him sell me a cable. So we spent an hour on the floor, you know, behind my, my rack is built in underneath my desk on both yep. sides. Uh, we spent an hour rewiring every HDMI cable in the chain, trying to find it and couldn't figure it out. And he's like, well, your 18 gigahertz card in the Lumigen is, is dying out. So, um, Basically, long story short, I'm getting a refund for this Lumigen, and I'm going to end up just buying a new one from Chris um, because this was a great uh, loner, I guess. <laughs> if you realize just how valuable it is. That's awesome. Yeah, now, that's what I was going to ask you because you got a good deal on it. I'm like, my my last question was going to be after everything was going to be, uh, so would you have paid full price? <laughs> like. Yep. <laughs> yep. About to. Um, yeah. I mean, about to. It, you know, it, and and Chris was great because he's like, well, you know, there's options. You can re- you can send this back to the guy who sold it. I can get you a, a replacement card. They're easy to replace, and you'll live with yeah. that for a while. And so, we're kind of considering because uh, maybe I shouldn't even. The the guy I got it from actually just gave me a refund. Said, don't bother sending it back. So I got a free one. Really? So I'm nice. Just well, deciding good. what I'm going to do. I might just get a card, go with it for a little while, then get Refurbit, a new one and, yeah. and be able to add yeah. another 18 gig card right away. Yeah. Well, so. that's, I, I, I told you if you, when I was talking with him, I'm like, I have my second one because I didn't know if it was it or if it was, cause I kind of got mine. Not the same way, but my my projector guy, Jim, he's like, I got one for you. He goes, I'll bring it in. It's all it. So I'm not saying it was secondhand, but it wasn't like I I didn't seek it out and talk to a dealer and be like, although it was a dealer that sold it to me, um, Jim's buddy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what? so it was like and I, I think. Chris actually knows who the salesman was. Jim Peterson knows who the sales. I forget his name, but they like they know each other. But anyways, it, so for me, I was like, did I get like a second hand that maybe the card went bad or because I had those issues? But it turned out it was it's my projector right. input, right? So it's like, but you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And while at the same time, I was you know, and I have you talked to Jim Peterson yet about it? Have you talked to him at all? I, I talked to him before Chris was out and I talked okay. to him about it and he just said, yeah, let's just wait and see what, what Chris okay. sees when he gets there. So, um, but, but yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. He'll, he reaches right. Out, I mean, you yeah. email him and he'll reach right back out to you. And then he, um, yeah, he, he gave me his, his private number and he's like, just yeah. call me. But whatever. So we worked through it for a while, but I, ca- I said to him, like, look, I go, it's, I go, I'm not trying to like say like, Hey, I got a podcast, but I don't want to be without my theater for the amount of time it would take me to ship one. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm willing to buy another one, but I need to know like, what are my options? And he was, he was great about it. Really, really good. So I ended up getting the, the newer one. Um, I got the, 
I forget the numbers, but it's the newest version, but it's the step down with only six inputs instead of the 10. Yeah. So, yep. and it is really nice. It's, yeah. I mean, and I love having the inputs. Are you using yours as just a single unit? Like yeah. you put one in, one out to your projector or yeah. cause just because that's, it only had the one 18 gig card in it. So, but yeah. And I'm, I'm realizing it, people are going to think Lumigens just go bad all the time. This, mm-hmm. this one that I bought used is many years old and it's still yeah. running the latest update. They, they have a long, like, I don't know. It was the first one that you have. It's the two, two rack unit one. Mine, like mine's nope. taller than the new ones that oh. you buy now. Same, oh yeah. So yours is newer, older than mine. Mine's yeah. my, both of mine are the single, 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 single thin unit. Yeah. And yeah, mine had, um, I had a, it, mine was a, is yours a four, two, four, two? Or no, is that a, you, oh, so you got the one below that then, right? I'd have to look it up. I, I don't know. Um, mine is, it's the, it's the high, it was the highest one. It's a four, 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 six. Oh, wow. Okay. But it was an older one. Older four, two, four, four, u, two unit yep. uh, case, which what Chris told me is the, the cooling system on the new ones is much better. And they have the, the underlying motherboard, not, not the 18 gig or nine gig mm-hmm. per input cards, but the underlying board is a, is a faster and newer design. So they still do the same thing. They can still run the same firmware updates and versions, but mm-hmm. this one's just, it's older and it's not as the fans louder and it doesn't cool quite as effectively. So yeah, but it was enough to give you the taste. Absolutely. And yeah, it's so what the, the tone mapping for the, all the issues you had, it's like, now you've seen the J you have a JVC, you've seen the JVCs with the tone mapping and you see, and it's like, people wonder why, why would you get this? Yeah. If you have that, uh, way more powerful. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, and, and I've, I've asked several people in the industry, like before I bought this used Lumigen, I, you know, emailed several people that I know, like Chris Seymour. I'm like, and, and Chris has an X9, I think. So he's got the, you know, yeah. Not a laser, but the best JVC tone mapping there is. I'm like, what would you do? Would you put in a used Lumigen and wait for the next generation of JVC, or would you just keep going and and look, you know, hold off for a, a JVC? And he's like, get the Lumigen, yeah, you know, without hesitation. Yeah, because as like at the time, now I you you got it because you saw a problem and that's what I always recommend to people. Don't anybody listening. Don't yeah. get a Lumigen because Travis has one because yeah. I have one because people have one. If yeah. you see an issue and you're looking to solve an issue, it, there's a, this is a solution for probably, you know, whatever that could be. Yeah. But if you don't see a problem, you don't need one. Yeah. Don't right? go hunting because, with this. Yeah. It, and it's like, I, I would never want somebody to get one that doesn't see an issue because right. when they, it, it kind of like what you're saying with like, um, what was it? The, the, uh, net, no, what was the, the audio device we were just talking about that you have that you, the new one oh, sounds just the same. The no, sorry. Yeah. I almost said NAT, NAD, <laughs> but yeah, the node. So I'm like, there wasn't an issue. Here's right. the new one. Sounds great. Right. So you don't even, 
maybe it did solve something, but you hadn't heard the problem yet. Yep. <laughs> so you don't get the upgrade, right? So I wouldn't want somebody to do that with Illumigen. So, but I had a huge problem and it was just kept, it kept growing on me every time. It, like every streaming thing that I watched that I saw that crushing going on or something going mm-hmm. on that it was just, it got more and more frustrating. And like when you're, it, it, and I'm not saying this wasn't like weeks. It was like over a year right. long because I think what ended up for me ended up happening is now my Sony doesn't have tone mapping either. But it did a decent job for me. I thought everything was looking really good. My HDR, I never had the blown out stuff like you were talking about. So I never had any big, big issues. But at the same time, I was running an 820, Panasonic A20, which is, you know, optimizing it, bringing it down to the yeah. uh, level. Right. Um, everything. And then I, uh, my next video upgrade was I got as a PD, which now I'm going bit for bit. But there is no optimization. So some discs I was getting a little bit of crushing going on, like mm-hmm. the Harry Potter, I said, and a few others. But it was so minimal, right? And I was just like, hmm, I'm, okay, I can live with that. But it still triggered something in my head. Like, I, I got to find a way to solve that. Maybe there's something there. But streaming has gotten so much better. And, you know... You know, Apple TV, their their mm-hmm. content is so good. And then Disney Plus, even Disney Plus, their content is so good. But there was they were pushing the limits of what you could get. And it's like I remember in WandaVision, I remember in I, I know distinctly in Loki the dis, the scenes very mm-hmm. similar to going to watching Foundation again on Apple I think that's Apple TV yeah. Plus. You're watching these and it's like crushing and Every time a series came up and every time a scene came up, I'm like, how do I solve that? Mm-hmm. And I kept looking for cheap. There's got to be an optimization box yeah. instead of an 820, but something. And there's nothing. And then talking with Jim and my, my projector guy and being like, what can I do? And he's he knew I was also thinking of a kaleidoscape at the time. And he told me, he's like, get the Lumigen. He's like, fine. And he had helped me through the HD Fury and everything. And like I said, when I talked to Chris, I go, he actually told me to contact you. You were the, like, you could probably help me the most with the HD Fury. And it just, it, it was like, okay, so I get the Lumigen and you're just like, oh my God, it solved everything. I mean, and it's just like, and now I'm comparing my projector to an OLED? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, you and I, we have such a similar path because I was to say, I, you know, before I had the Kaleidoscape, I was 100% Plex running through there and HDR, like the one of the ones, uh, bad times at the El Royale was so dark and it was just like watching the, with the projector turned off at times. <laughs> and it's called you know, radio. So digging through, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I also went with the, the HD Fury Vertex trying to get it, but I didn't have a PC at the time, so I couldn't even program. Yeah. So I bought that thing. It sat on the shelf, you know, for a year and a half, and then I sold it and, and just, you know, gave up. I, I returned it. I had to return it. I, it. It was one of those things that was just so complicated, and then, which is a good thing, it has, it has a lot of functions, 
but from my understanding is while I'm trying to get this to do something and I keep researching and YouTubing and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. what I found out is it actually doesn't go upwards. It goes backwards. Yeah. It's really good at taking 4k and making it 1080. Right. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's not what I wanted to do. And it's like, I, you know, how can I dumb down HDR? Oh, it doesn't do that. The implement, (laughs) the implementation I was looking at doing was it would, I was only looking for it to like, what it would do is um, you've got the four user presets on your JVC for different calibrations and the, yep. the vertex would read the max fall and the, all the, the HDR metadata yeah, the and EDID shoot that stuff. to your JVC yep. and pull up a user preset based on what range that was in. It wasn't yep. doing any tone mapping. It was just, it was, giving that projector and then you could set it so that you're almost like a nicer handshake. Let me clean this handshake up a little bit for you. That's all it's doing. Well, yeah. I mean, you could just tell it, well, okay, this movie is goes really dark. So you could bump your, your preset up a little bit in brightness and kind of get it in a closer range to what the content is, but it's like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The, the, the lumage. And, and honestly, for a while, a couple of different times at that time when I was messing with the HD Fury and then right before I got the Lumigen, I was trying to figure out how to run video processor. I'm like, okay, I'm hardly using the Plex server anymore. I could use this hardware and turn it into, you know, the, the, the tone mapping only freeware version of Mad VR. Yeah. And, but then I looked into all the, okay, I need, I'd need a new processor, a new motherboard. I'd have to get the black magic card to run in and out. And okay, I'm just going to get the Lumigen because <laughs> it would cost about yeah. the same to build that PC as it would to, you know, get the Lumigen. Yeah. But what now you did all that. I didn't even go that far. I didn't want, I didn't even want to look into that part of like the, well, I knew the Mad VR existed. I didn't take any you steps think, toward it. I did the, I did some research. You did the research. I didn't even do right. that. Yeah. Right. But do you think for, for the DIYers out there, for anybody, like, do you think that that's a viable alternative to, um, the, the mad VR, the, the buying the mad VR? Because the, the it mad only, VR it, that you buy is like 50, it's twice the price of a Lumagen. Right. And I don't care if they're like, well, I can find one for this. Well, guess what? You can find one a Lumigen for the, you know, yeah. you know, the same thing. They come down up and down at the same right. scale. Yeah. And it's like, but the Mad VR, I think what you're buying with, and there's nothing wrong with a Mad VR. I love right. the Mad VRs as well. And if I had crazy disposable money, I would get one too, because there's a little bit more toys you can play with right. with it that you'll never play with. Once you set it up, it's like set it and forget it. These both of these video, you never should even know you have a video processor, right? But it does allow you to do a few other things. Yeah. But I think you're also getting when you buy the Mad VR, it's you know you know that everything's rock solid reliability and they they will back it. Whereas you can use our software, but we're not. You're not going to be. This is a super complicated world you're getting into. So if you're doing your own software, your own computer and your software, and you call them up, I don't know why it's not working. They go, Yeah, we don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are you running for a computer? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I. For the the DIY video processor build, like if you are that guy who's building your own PCs all the time, and if 
the only thing you want it for is tone mapping because it's not the complete mad VR software suite. Right. You, yeah. You're really getting the tone mapping. I don't even think the DIY version has any of the auto aspect or any of that. It's no. just tone mapping. Yeah. So if you have some parts lying around that you're already that halfway to building it. And if you only want tone mapping and if you're good at that and you enjoy that, I don't, I'm a Mac. Yeah. Guy. Um, I, I have a PC because I had a Plex server and a friend of mine built it for me and he's a big yeah. PC guy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if that's what you're into and all you want is tone mapping, go for it. You can't, you know, you can't beat it for the cost of that software. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I personally, you know, I don't want to say that I don't like the mad VR, but I, I, I could, we talk about this a lot in terms of, is it worth it? None of the stuff is worth what we're paying for it. The mad VR is a different level of price that I, I just, I, I'm good at justifying my home theater expenditures. I don't think I could justify that one knowing that the Lumigen is here for that much. Correct. That's to me. Exactly. It's just, it's, I, I, there, I can't justify it because it's, there's no difference in my opinion. And I've yet, I've yet to hear a single critic, a single person tell me what the difference is. And there's tons of people like you and I, Travis, going, there's no difference. Nobody's shouting us down. Because you sure. can't. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm absolutely positive there's a difference because they're both using different tone mapping, math, and algorithms. Could you or I pick out that difference in a side-by-side, no. head-to-head comparison? No way. No. And I, what I do like, though, is that – now, I, obviously, we're both Lumigen guys. We'll, uh, you know, and I, I will tout that. And to, I actually had a conversation recently off air that I want somebody to tell on air because it is like the best Lumigen commercial I've ever heard. <laughs> but he was like, we were just happened to be talking. I'm like, you got to come back on and say that story. But, um, but anyways, let's just say there was an executive, a pretty, uh, an executive that has never you couldn't think of a higher up executive right. in in a studio that saw a Lumigen at play and was like, "What the hell is that?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh." And I'm like, "I can't tell the story." Yeah. But I know the person that saw it and heard it firsthand because it was to him. So I'm like, "I want you to tell that story." Um but anyways, I, that be that being said, it's like nobody's shouting it down what these differences are because right. I think if you did then it would be like, well, but this one's doing this, and now proprietary stuff's going to come out. Like Mad VR is like, we're going to do this differently. But I think what's great is Mad VR. Since they've shown up, the video the video processor industry has probably doubled. Yeah, not just in sales, but I mean the interest in everything. And I mean, the mad VR wave came about a year ago with along with the variable aspect ratio juggernaut Maverick. And they had the answer to it. Jim has had the answer or has been bugged about the answer. Jim Peterson, that is for a long time. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like variable. He doesn't like manipulating it. He's like, that's not what the director. Yes. That's not what the director intended. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, mad VR did it. And what, a month and a half later, he's like, I got it too. 
Yeah. I've answered. And I think that's, it's great. Mavier pushed it and it's mm-hmm. great that Jim answered the bell. And I think ever since then we have a competition and we're the benefactors of that. I, I honestly, you talk about what's the difference between a, sorry, you talk about what's the difference between a mad VR and a Lumigen. The biggest difference is the marketing budget. I mean, yeah. you go to the Lumigen website and it's, it's less than new. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking, I would love to email like Jim, if you're listening to this, hit me up, let me, let me rebuild your website. Um, in, in just something that looks a little, has a mobile version so that we can, look things up quickly and easily that way. But yeah, I mean, I think mad VR is, you know, they're on that push to, they want to have a mad VR in every room at Cedia every year. That was like starting last year. That was their, their big push. And, you know, they, and yeah, Lumigen has definitely, I think benefited from it um, from folks like us who don't just say, Oh, mad VR. Okay. Here you go. Here's a pile of money. Here's a suitcase. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's good for everybody, but yeah, Lumigen's definitely benefiting from the mad VR marketing spend. Absolutely. Yeah. Just get, I mean, more and more people, I had a, I had a, well, at the time when I got mine, my listenership wasn't as, you know, it was still growing. It still is growing, but it wasn't as big as it is now. And I had a handful of people going, what's a video processor? Mm-hmm. And this, and, you know, and I got, I've had mine for a few years, but it was before Mad VR, Mad VR that we know. Right. And I mean, the, the video, their uh, software was out there, but you know, people learning about it and stuff and Mad mm-hmm. VR, I think it was, I, I mean, do you, and I said this last year, but do you think that we would have the same, I think it was just as big of a, of a point that Maverick hit. It wasn't just if Mav if Mad VR had shown up at Cedia last September, and it didn't have Maverick to show off. Are we still talking about it in the same way, or is everybody like? I think without Maverick, everybody's like, "Yeah, we've seen that. It's called a Lumigen, mm-hmm. right?" But they hit Cedia, yeah. Mad VR clips of Maverick, which that could remap everything on the fly for yeah. you so that you didn't miss a thing and blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, uh, that was the juggernaut. And then what you thought of it is up to you, but at least it was like they had something to show. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually a really good point. Is just kind of that perfect storm. Yeah. You know, if, if top Gun, if Maverick wouldn't have been the biggest movie to be demoing at Cedia last year, would the mad VR efforts there have been as much of a splash? Probably not. Yeah. I don't I, I think up until then it was their big, their big splash was interstellar. Yeah. And they were trying to show like that rocket scene where it went back and forth. And that's what all the videos were back then. And it was like, you know, and you show up and you do that. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of it because they kept, you know, these are the experts and they're making, and these are YouTube videos and they go, well, see, and now, yes, they stretch it out, but now the rocket doesn't look round. It looks like a little bit longer. And they're like, and the guy in the video even says, well, you could clean that up a little. And he's looking behind him like that. He goes, you can clean that up even more if you'd want to. 
this is your video. Why didn't you? (laughs) I'm like, you know, it's like, hey, that's not what a little final product. Then why did you make the video? (laughs) It's like, clean it up, you know? And it's it's weird because we've all had that mode on our flat screens since they started putting them out in 16 by 9. Remember, that was the, the, the old Pioneer uh elite displays that weren't 16 by nine, but they weren't four by three. They were kind of that yeah. weird in between shape. Like I wanted one of those so bad because it wasn't four by three. I could exactly. afford it, but also looking at it going, I'd have to get used to watching everything stretched out wider like that. And it's like, you know, they put out 16 by nine TVs and you got your stretch mode and your zoom mode and everyone, like even my mom, would turn that stuff off on her TV. And it's like, and now that's like the big feature. It's just auto sensing the video yeah. content and turning on the zoom or stretch mode. And I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. And it's like turned it off. Well, there was a time when HD first came out, people thought stretch was HD. Right. And it was standard mode stretched. <laughs> and they're like, isn't that great? And it's like, um, why is Charlie Theron look like she's in a, Funhouse mirror. <laughs> it looks like she's twenty pounds heavier. Everything stretched up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm like, no, that's not HD. It's supposed to look clearer, not well stretched out. And you're like, yeah. Oh. Most people yeah. don't notice the difference, anyways. But between that uh, and the the original Directv when they first started adding HD, but you couldn't just go to channel five and have it pull up the HD channel. It would pull up. The, you had to go to five dash or five yeah, like, or yeah. something like that. Like that confused my parents to, for just years, they couldn't figure out the, why they weren't watching HD. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you're not watch. put it on the HD channel. This is the HD channel. No, no. And it, it was, wasn't just it parents. It was, it was friends. Yeah. They were, they were like, uh, age appropriate equals, yeah. <laughs> but they're not, you know, uh, tech appropriate equals. Right. And you'd go to people's houses and watch, you know, watch Monday night football. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you put it on the HD channel? This is the HD channel. And it was like, no, you got to go up to four, four, zero, four, not Oh, four. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. And well, Oh, wow. That looks great. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> what was it's like, I, I used to be the guy that annoyed everyone when we would have a <laughs> gathering and I would come over and be, can I adjust your TV? Can I tweak yeah. your TV settings? And I would adjust it and I would like do the, you know, a quick down and dirty calibration, turn off soap opera, bring it down to like a cinema profile or whatever, you know, just get it yeah. dialed in a little bit and everything. And I was an, so annoying to everybody, but then it, it got to the point where like we I'd go to a dinner party and you know, they would be like, could you tweak our TV for us? I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, they realized as we went around that, oh, that is, that is better. Yeah. It's see, I, you ever I do never, it without telling someone? Um, only, no, only <laughs> if I've rented a place and okay. I'll redo everything. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm the op. I don't, I don't just, I just suffer and I'll just mm. go through it because even when I, I've had people request it and they don't like it. And then they're like, it's not bright enough or it's not this. And it's like, but they're like, oh man, I want mine to look like this. Yeah. Okay. And they'll be in my theater. 
And I'm like, okay, let me calibrate it for you. How do you normally watch it? And, you know, yeah. so you're doing your black levels based on, do you watch with the lights out? And you'd right. be like, yes, I love my movie. I t- turn everything out, blah, blah, blah. And we make it like a movie theater. Okay, so you calibrate to that. Mm-hmm. And then I calibrate, all right, what do you do when it's the lights are on? And I'll, I'll do a different setting. Right. Oh, which one? How do I know which one? Oh, lights on, lights off. It can't right. get more simple, right? Oh. And then the, I don't want it. That, just give me one. Well, which do you want? I want the one that's the most accurate. Well, depends on that. Well, the most accurate is going to be with the lights out. Okay. Yeah, that's not bright enough. And it's it, you end up going in around mm-hmm. around this circle, and it's like people want, and it's like you can't have everything at once because it's a, just as much about your right. environment. But you're talking to people that are just like, I just want popcorn and watch a movie, and it's like, fine, I'll just watch it on my phone. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah. what'd you call me for? I, I I always got more a little more leeway, I guess, because I you know I've been in TV and video production for 30 years and they kind of yeah but but i've absolutely done that where like be over at a friend's place and they'll they'll you know they'll go into the bathroom or they'll go pick up pizza or something like that go to get more beer whatever it is and i'll grab the remote and tweak some settings not like drastic but i'll turn on the soap opera effect because yeah most of the time you know, they didn't even realize that that was turned on. They think, oh, smoothing. That sounds like it's probably good, right? No. Nope. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely done it uh, without saying anything before. But and it also, like you just said, it helps you have the credentials. Mm-hmm. I don't have any credentials. Yeah. I'm just a, a hobbyist, right? And then, like, and then they look at you and go, you know what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, and that's why I don't say anything. But if you called me then what are you at? Why are you arguing with me? And I've, I've had people do that too over the phone. My TV, my, I got an issue. Something's not working. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's walk through it. Okay. Do this. No, that won't help. Yeah. Who called who? (laughs) Just try it. No, that won't work. Just try it. Why would that work? Would you just try it? They try it. Oh, wow. That worked. Why will we, we just spent five minutes arguing. Right. We could have been done five minutes ago. But it's like, you know what I mean? And then could people, have been a text they, message. <laughs> yeah. And it's beca- and again, yeah, exactly. And again, it's like it, when you don't have, you're not the credentials, they don't want to pay somebody. Yeah. They don't want to deal with him. But the, this guy might know something, mm. but he's an idiot. So I'm not sure he knows something. <laughs> and then they argue with you. And you're like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> like oh, my God. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's human nature, though. Right. Yeah. That's what people. But like, oh, call Travis. He's this is what he does. Okay. <laughs> um, Apple TV has that feature now where you can hold your phone up yep. to the TV. Like that's why I do in a hotel. I always challenge myself because I'll like pull up the remote and just start adjusting and I'll go to where my base would be. And then I'll pull up some programming or I'll pull up the color bars on the Apple TV and and I'll, I'll make some, you know, tweaks there based on the bars themselves and knowing where things should fall and what should be the same here and there. Um, and then I'll, I'll hold my phone up and run that Apple like auto calibration. And I've never, if, if I've gone through and calibrated it myself and then run that, I always get the message. Your TV doesn't need any adjustments. I'm like, yes. 
Yeah. Well, and like, I should. dial that in just by eye without it, like, got it that yeah. close. And I feel, I, yeah. I, I like to keep up to practice that way. <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah. Don't use Apple as your yardstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I use that when I travel now yeah. because I take an Apple TV and I just go in and I hold it up to the screen and let it. And it dials in the Apple TV, not the yeah. TV itself. Right. So it's like, all right, great. And you never have to touch any of the settings. Yeah. So it's like, you're great. It's like you walk away. The TV hasn't been hurt. And I, you know, everything worked fine because everything I watch at it when I'm yep. away is off the Apple TV anyway. So it works fine. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best use of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at home, you're probably doing different inputs. And now, yeah. now you've got to do it yourself on the TV itself. But, yeah. um, for people that care, that's it's not a bad way to do it. But you know, if you care that much, if you care even more, you know, learn how to do it or get somebody out. But yep, you know, yeah. Um, did um, did Chris calibrate your projector as well, or did he just do everything right from the Lumigen? No, he calibrated the projector, which was the main reason I brought him out because, yeah, you know, like I said, this projector's four years old, five years old. Um, I've, when I bought it, Chris Seymour calibrated it for me in a different house, in a different state on a different screen. Um, so we brought it out here, you know, totally different setup. I put it up and I, again, dialed it in based on my knowledge. I don't have any sort of, I, well, I do have one of the little spider things. I did the JVC auto cal and then, did, oh, okay. did a little bit here and there, but, um, but yeah, so then, you know, and I put a new bulb in this winter, um, which I already need to replace again, but, um, really, well, I bought, I didn't buy the official bulb. I bought the bear bulb oh. off of the guy from, you know, there's a reputable guy on ABS that I bought it from. Um, but it was a low lux bulb. So I've actually ordered a, high, a much higher Lux bulb that's equivalent to what, because he measures all of them before he sends them out. Um, and I didn't really pay any attention. And I just asked, you know, I needed a bulb for this projector and he sold me one. Um, but I asked if he had any high output. He's like, yeah, I've got a couple right now that are the same output as the, the JVC, you know, official bulbs. So I bought one of those, but... Yeah, I needed the projector calibrated because it hadn't been, it needed some love, you know. Um, and he, other than brightness, because it's all, the other thing is it's really far back. I've got like a 19 foot throw Ooh. in this room um, yeah. on a 124 inch scope diagonal. That's a throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I, I need more brightness. Um we also sit close enough and it's, we're so into that field of vision that yeah. it's not a huge thing until he calibrated it. And by dialing, getting all the colors and everything in line and he got them spot on, the mm. grays are really, really just like super neutral. Um, but it also took away even a little bit more of my, my overall brightness with the calibration. So, you know, I, I ordered a new high, higher Lux bulb. I'm going to see how long I can go before I'm just dying to put it in. Cause then I have to pay Chris to come out again and, and yeah. calibrate all over again with the new bulb. But, 
um, just did a fantastic job of dialing it in. It looks really, really, really nice. I mean, and not to say that Chris didn't either, but that was just a different room. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, and yeah it's- Chris, Chris, sorry, Chris Seymour, Chris Deere. Yeah. Chris Seymour had, you know, he's got, he's, he has all the tools as well because he does a lot of measurements on his screen materials. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it needed it. It was definitely in dire need of a good calibration. And, and I was really impressed with, with how, how well he was able to get it dialed in. So yeah, yeah, it's, it, there's nothing like the in-room calibration, yeah. right? And it's like, I mean, I think the next step after that is like, I believe, I believe John Brock, when he did his room, he bought the newest JVC, uh, NZ8 mm-hmm. and Chris Deering calibrated it, but he shipped the entire thing to him. Right. I believe even you, you like tell him your throw distance, you th- tell him everything, and then yep. he'll calibrate it for you and ship it back. Yeah. You tell him what kind of screen you have, what your gain is, and he'll, yep. he does basically the same setup and then yep. he'll ship it back to you. That's a great alternative. Uh, and then the next step after that is just having him do it remotely. Like, okay, here's what I know. This is mm-hmm. what you should set it to. Um, but, you know, in lieu of each of those, it's like, I mean, getting a calibration is important. And then which level can, can you actually get in your home is the most important, you know, is the next level of it. But, right. but yeah, it's being able to dial that in and, and it's fun watching them get those, get that triangle and see how close they can get the colors and yeah. stuff. And it's, I, I should send you what he did with mine. That's. It's impressive. He showed you before and after. You should yeah, see like the, but, how far off it was. Yeah, but the 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 way his, the way the Calman software worked, it didn't actually. Sh- my report doesn't have the before information in it, but he showed me on his screen. Um, yeah, I, that's why the after. But yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, and he does he, he does the you can ship your projector. Chris Seymour actually is also a JVC dealer, so if you buy a Seymour screen and a projector at the same time, they will set it up in their, in their warehouse to your, your throw distance and everything, mm-hmm. calibrate it and get it everything, get everything there before they ship it to you as well. So that's another, get a free, yeah. free calibration. If you buy them, you know, both at the same time from, from Seymour. Yeah, yeah. That's also, that's a good value. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're, I mean, oh, yeah. If you have to buy both, put them on the same receipt and get a free calibration. Yeah, you're getting it out of the box. You're ready to go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, so how long was he at your house? How long did all this take? Probably three or four hours. Not, not terribly long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. He's in the area. So he was able to come out late morning, left mid to late afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Hanging out with him. Yeah, good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said that to him. That's what I said to him. Like, yeah, it's great hanging and talking, and it's like if you get a calibrator that doesn't want you in the room, you don't want him because it's like you can't steal what they're doing. You you just can't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna have. I don't care how long you hang out with him. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have his knowledge. You know, at the end. Yeah. you know, even after all the years with Jim, I can't, I can't do what Jim does. It's like nobody can. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody, not like us, but, right. um, so what have you been, uh, 
What have you been binging? We, you know, honestly, we've been watching The West Wing. We didn't watch it when really? it was on. We never watched it when it was on. Neither one of us did. So, I mean, we both had, you know, small kids at the time separately. Yeah. But, you know, it was just not something that we were able to, to watch. And we kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And we have this thing. I, I always add things to the Apple TV queue. And you've had to scroll way to the right. And we've, we went, we dug way down in at one time and, uh, and I'm like, Oh, what about this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we're on season three of that now. It's, it's a great show. I love Aaron Sorkin. It's a really good show. It's just really depressing how many of the issues that they're trying to fix in this show from 20 years ago are the same issues we're talking about today. See, that's what everybody keeps saying that it's like, cause it happens in Oppenheimer too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to me, that's not depressing. To me, mm. that's it's more enlightening. And like, it's like, and that's you know, you and I are older, right? And you hear all of these younger people like, "This is the worst time in American history or any history," and be like, yeah. "What?" It's like, no. And it's like, it, and I've said it talking about Oppenheimer. We're yeah. geniuses and we're idiots. We just keep doing the same. We it's it. I don't know. You know the old phrase, like you, you know, learn your history or you're doomed to repeat it, right? Yeah. Well, is it not more evident that we just keep repeating it and we just keep going through it? Right. But at the same time, like I said in a podcast a few weeks ago, I'm like, it's, it's more reactionary too, right? It's like, it, it really, and it's, you know, you, you remember the old trick where you looked at the uh, American flag on a piece of paper and it was like opposite colors. And then you look at a white piece and now you're seeing them in the correct colors because your eyes need to balance out. Yeah. We're people. And it, it, that goes for everything. Yeah. So like I said, it's like you have a great time. Guaranteed the next day is probably going to not be as good because nothing can live up to that. And it's going to be a crappy day. And it's just the way it goes. It's the ebbs and flows. Yeah. And it's like, but here's what's in light, it, it, like fun. We got through it before, yeah. you know, just keep plugging away. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the thing that about specifically about the West Wing is it seems like, yeah, same, same thing was happening. They were talking about on this TV show 20 years ago. 20 They're talking years about ago. today, but it's the two sides of the issue are so much further apart than they ever were before. You know, like, yeah, no, I just think we didn't have social media in the uh, West. Yeah, Wing days, right. Media, so yeah, it's, you're still just Busting. as far apart. It's just that now you have the perceptions on both sides are like, wow, the opposition is so much greater. Not really. It's the yeah. same amount of people. You're just hearing from more of them now. Yeah, that's true. Before it was just your friend. That, and that's why I said, and this was a while ago, I said it, um, it, my wife, it was like a light bulb moment. My wife and I were talking and I go, like, think about, um, like just what we, you and I are doing right now. This is a podcast dedicated to home theater. So we have our dedicated stuff where we can only converse with the people that are like-minded about the interests that we really like. And you're not having those, you're not having those water cooler conversations about, you know, like, um, 
about the West Wing or about something like back in in the 80s. And you'd mm-hmm. be like, did you see Cheers last night? That was a riot. And then they go, oh, and by the way, who did you vote for? What are you, an idiot? But right. you both love Cheers. So you had that commonality. You didn't care and you yeah. laughed about it. Nowadays, you're seeing people you've never met say they did something you completely disagree with and you're like, man, that guy's an idiot. And then you say that and then they say back to you that you're an idiot. But if you ever met each other in person, you'd be like, oh my God, dude, you're so cool. <laughs> yeah. And they're, and they're half of them are anonymous. I mean, you're, yeah, you're bright side home theater and you have a little logo on your Twitter. I'm Kaneeramosity and. I might have me on there now, but I usually have uh, Marvin, the paranoid Android from, from Hitchhiker's Guide on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that anonymity and the don't ever have to, you can say all this stuff without having to be face to face and at risk of being punched or, or, you know, (laughs) there's no mute button at the coffee, at the, at the water cooler. You still have to come back and work with that person the next day and you're going to see him in the break room at lunch and you got, yeah, you got to make you, sure, you know, you got to share coffee with them tomorrow. Yeah. But it's, but see, I think it's as much that your first meeting with them isn't yeah. the diversity. It's like the, 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 or not the diversity, but the, the divide between you, yeah. which we all have divides, yeah. right? No two people, me and my wife don't get along on everything, right? So, it's like we all have that. It's just your ability. Yeah. My mom asked me that, like, you know, my parents, very religious family, very Catholic. And my mom growing up was like, are you ever going to get divorced? And I was like, no, I don't I don't see myself ever doing that. And she's like, why not? I go, I can get along with anybody. Any two people can get along as long as you're forgiving enough on their faults because I'm not part. And I said this when I was like 15 years old and I think it's true. It's like, you don't, you don't have to agree on everything, Yeah. but social media doesn't allow us. It does, but it, it doesn't allow you to, to, to bring the conversation to what you do agree on. We all just go to that. And that's why it's like, like I said, you come back to the home theater community or something like that. I guarantee you, we don't all agree, you know, politically, but we all do agree on this so that if we were to have one, which we won't, but if you were to have one, we'd still like each other at the end of it. You'd still have a, a respect for each other. You'd probably understand yeah. each other's sides, but that's a different environment than what we're talking about, like an open forum and yeah. be like, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's a completely different animal. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, uh, you know, one of the people I've talked about in this conversation, one of my best friends, um, we have polar opposite political views, but we met because of home theater and we're, we're best, you know, some of the best friends, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Once you know a person and you know, their, 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 uh, their, their value and you value their friendship, you can look past political, you can look past religion, you can look past, Yes. A lot of that stuff. And what I've, what I've all, and this is about as political as this podcast has ever gotten. Right? But I'm so like, it's I funny. that effect on people. It's because I used to work in the news business. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You think? And it's like, but see, here's the funny thing. We haven't said a thing about it. We just talk about the state of it. Right. But I, I, and I've mentioned it too. You brought up a great point. It's like, why can we accept people's religious 
like you don't see all over Twitter like, oh my God, how how can you ever and like one of my best friends is Jewish and I'm Catholic and actually they're they're in a Catholic Jewish marriage. Mm-hmm. My my best friend, one of my best friends. It's like, yeah. and I'm always like, how do I, I can't wrap my mind around that because I was like. Well, like, I can wrap my mind around their different belief systems, Mm -hmm. but then, like, raising a family, because, again, I came from an extremely religious family where it was a unity, right? Like, everybody believed the same direction, but we also respected that, and my parents taught us, like, other people have different beliefs. But, again, without getting into all that, it's Mm -hmm. like, you don't see people all over Twitter going, oh, my God. Yo, Jesus existed. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're, not you're, right, you're not in the right Twitter circles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know, it's funny you say, I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. My whole thing is, right. I can't wrap my head around that. And I don't have to. Right. I'm not married to either one of them. I don't have to wrap <laughs> my head around that. They have to, if they're able to do it and make it work. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the thing. Not a, we we don't all have to wrap our head around everything that happens in this world. I'm not going to, you know, I can't wrap my head around how it, you know, a nuclear bomb works. Doesn't mean right. it doesn't exist. <laughs> Travis, I can't wrap my head around cinema scope screens. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's where you're wrong, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, but it, it's, I mean, and that's where you get it. And that's what's so funny is like to go back to home theater, it does get just as testy within home theater because people, and that's where it gets testy is people will tell you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm, no, it's like, just like in any other landscape, it's like, it's just my opinion. And in my opinion is based on my experiences right and it's like the same thing in home theater it's like yes in your experiences that's that's great it worked for you Mm -hmm. that's what works for you and it's like that doesn't work for me you know and it's so that that's it and that's what i try to squelch and my listeners know because of my christmas rant last year (laughs) it was like you know like unsolicited you know it's yeah. just un, uncalled for you right. know and and it, we all if you want to critique ask for it yeah. plenty of people give it to you but it's it, and there's a time and a place for it but yeah um but yeah it's I mean, you're just careful stepping out there because mm-hmm. i it, it's great the world is shrinking and we can like you and i never would have met 10 15 years ago right right and now it's like you've got all of these people that I literally call friends that are like all over the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's yeah. you know, like, it's, it's crazy. It's good. And if, but like anything else, like with great power comes great responsibility. You got to manage it well. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so. Yep. It's, it, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you reviewing? Anything uh, fun coming up? Well, I've got the next level acoustic sub. Yeah. Uh, the next level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put together a quick review on the, the height channels just to talk about them just cause they're kind of overlooked and you know, they're great height channel speakers. There's not, you know, they're not, they don't have to do what the, the bed layer does, but you know, they, they do a great job. They add that effect. So, um, what else? The Node X upstairs and then yeah. I'll, I'll yeah you got that trying to hopefully take a little bit of a break from reviewing too because got cedia coming up are you going 
Yep. I am going. All right. I'm going to be there. I will get with- to meet you in person. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm guessing you've already gotten the invite. I've been actually working with, with Brett Bjorquist and, mm-hmm. um, I'm working with the, the Seymour Storm Grimani room. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Doing, doing some content production stuff for them. So we're, we're, yes. we, we've decided that we, uh, you go into all these rooms. Have you been to CDA before? You haven't, have you? Never. First time. Okay. You go into these demo yeah. rooms and they play these videos talking about what's going to be in the room. And then they play all the movie clips. We've decided we want to start the demo at the, as soon as you press play. So we're the, the intro video. I've been working on, on a two minute video that will intro the technologies that you're about to experience in the room while taking advantage of those technologies at the same time. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool. And the technologies are going to be super cool. Like a few minutes ago, we were talking about Chris and I, Chris Deering and I on the floor down here, sorting through HDMI cables, trying to figure out what was right, what was wrong. Yeah. The Seymour uh, Storm Grimani system connects with Ethernet. Okay. So, you know, like... No more HDMI. You've got, you've got seven cables coming out of your processor to your amp and then speaker cables out. Net, uh, Ethernet. Really? It's audio over IP going between between the Storm and the Gramani speakers, which are all – like they, they're talking yes. about network, network theater. I'm like, okay, so you can watch Netflix? Like, yeah. no. <laughs> no, 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 no. The yeah. connection between the Storm processor and the amplifiers yes. is Ethernet. Um, 16 channels per Ethernet cable for per a Cat6 cable. So this is an 11.6.6 system, so it's two Ethernet cables. I was just going to say two cables. Two cables. That's it. How clean is that? I mean, that's yeah. that's going to – that's like mind-blowing when I look behind my rack and see all that stuff. But it also means that it's all on the network. So Gramani can calibrate – directly from his laptop wherever in the world that he is by dialing in to the amplifiers. Yes. He gets alerts. If if he installs a system at someone's house and yeah. something goes wrong, he gets an alert on his laptop or his phone and he can then call the customer and say, you got a, you got a channel out in your height channel in your system. Right. And, and it's yeah. bizarre, but it's, it's the, the first fully networked AOIP audio over IP system at a Cedia expo in a demo. Yeah. Brett went, went last time he was on mm-hmm. was like a month and a half ago or so. Uh, we were talking about that and he's like, I, he want they're nice speakers too. He was, like, oh, yeah. he was talking about that. And he was like, he's like, I want these speakers. He's, he's what I'm doing. But, but I loved that idea that you could like, everything's monitored um, he can, you know, he can check remotely and know that. Cause I had, uh, the, uh, who was the gentleman I had on that does installs like hundred thousand dollar home automation installs. And he has the whole, he had the same thing. It's like anything goes in your a light bulb goes out and he's like, all right, or is about to, and he'd, he'd be able to tell you, um, that, that type of tech. I, I, I mean, I think it's over my head right now. 
I uh, don't know if I'll ever see it in my lifetime, but it's definitely coming down. I mean, Absolutely. just like the Kaleidoscape and stuff, all that stuff will come down to our level. Our homes will be so automated like that. And, you know, yeah. for a, you know, a reasonable price to, mm-hmm. you know, years yeah. from now. We, we, we bought a new espresso machine and it has an app, but I'm like, this is the last thing I need an app for. I don't need that. Cause I, how far away can I be before I need to drink? So, but like this, just, you know, the calibration via the network is cool, but just the notifications. Yeah. It's like, I know you've talked about it before too. When's the last time you had a, you know, a channel that was out or malfunctioning or something? How long did it take you to notice? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. As, as great just as don't. we think we are at hearing all this stuff and critical listening, that stuff can go on for weeks before you notice anything. Yeah. And what do you think of this idea? It's like this type of tech could be to us like the next iteration of receivers. You could like say you, you fire up your system and your, you know, your Denon, your, your Onkyo, whatever. It automatically does like an Odyssey, like an instantaneous Odyssey or a Dirac EQ, like just goes right around the room and goes, Hey, your, your left rear channel is. Yeah. Misaligned, you know. It's sure, you phase. start up your vehicle or, and it'll tell you if your tail light's out. Yeah, exactly. Why doesn't your so, do that? And it could. Yep. It could. It just. It, I mean, it would be. Say, it took an extra five seconds to run to start up your system. Yep. You would do that all day long, yep. because and like, how cool would that be? The first time that you found that out, mm-hmm. that it was like, and, and and you know what we would all be doing. We'd be disconnected speakers yep. left and right, trying to test it. <laughs> like, I got the new receiver and I disconnected my right rear channel just to see it. And it found it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it set to blink my lights twice when a speaker yeah, yeah, yeah. shorts out. Yeah. And it'd just be, oh, it'd be just be a notification on the screen. Be like, yeah. uh, yeah, your left rear channels. Because when you run Odyssey, it'll tell you it's, yeah. it runs the phase check, right? So yeah. it would know all that. So why can't you do that? Yeah. And I guarantee you that, like, after a lot like last year, the Mad VR pushed, you know, Lumagen to doing mm-hmm. this feature. We're going to hear about this at Cedia. Next thing you know, like a year or two from now, new receivers will have, you know, your, your speaker check is on every startup. Yeah. And you'll be like, and I, you better make sure it works because we're going to test it. That's part of the fun. <laughs> I, I always laugh when people laugh that kind of stuff off because the gear is expensive. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, of course it is. But that's where, that's where progress comes from. Yeah. That's everything in your entire life. Progress starts with the premium and then works its way down. So you can laugh it off because the Grimani speakers are not, you know, selling at best buy. Right. But that's technology that's going to, to trickle down into the mainstream and you're going to, you're going to love it five years from now when your receiver has it. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, look at like we have iPhones cause we went to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they needed computers that, and I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. how much that tech evolved, yeah. but it's like, I mean, what microwaves because you know, the military fried a bird or something like that. And they were like, Hey, what does that? And I'm like, we could put that into an oven and we could yeah. make our stuff with it. You know, it's like, but it was super expensive. It was super this. And then you find a way it, it makes it, it trickles 
everything trickles down to us yep. eventually yep. because guess what? They're inventing something that's even better. Exactly. And it's like, by the time you get it, by the time, and that's why I always say to people, I'm like, when you, you're like, oh, get the top of the line, JVC, blah, 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 projector, it's $30,000. I'm like, that ain't top of the line. <laughs> like, yeah. That's been trickled down for like 10 years. <laughs> like, that's old tech. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, Popular Mechanics put out a, a huge feature on the stealth fighter. And I, I, I just like, I read everything. Oh, I absorbed all of that. I loved it. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this. And I went home and I showed my father and he was impressed. He's like, yeah, look at that. And he goes, you know what that tells me? It's outdated. <laughs> goes, what do they got now? Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, why would you put it in popular mechanics? Like every piece of tech, yeah. like, it, like, um, you know, and it, it's like that scene in, in Maverick. Like, this is what we know about the F whatever. And he goes, and your enemy does too. And he throws yeah. it in the trash. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, if they're telling us about it, especially the military, it's like, yeah. they don't use it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> or they're shipping it to people overseas. Yeah. You guys can have these. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't need them anymore. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it, and that's, that's tech and yeah. that's, it's so much fun. And that's why I loved, like I've said, I've loved Kaleidoscape since the beginning. I'm like, just love, you know, even the remotes. Mm -hmm. I remember the remotes back in the nineties and two thousands that you were like, I could never afford a system like that. And now we call it a harmony, yeah. you know, and now we're like, Oh my God, why aren't they making that anymore? You know, it's uh, so much fun. So, yeah, no. And you know, the other, the other thing about this booth at Cedia that you're going to love, you and I go back and forth about, constant image height versus your constant image width. It's going to be constant image area. So it's four way masking. So it will yeah, come yeah. in from the sides and it will come up and down and in and out. And mm -hmm. it's, it's cool tech. It's fun. Like that's really the way it's, you know, yeah. the, the biggest, the highest reaching, the, the biggest, uh, most expensive, most cost, no object theaters. That's what they do. Yeah, that's what and they, we, I mean, you and I settle because masking is cheaper with, you know, DIY or two way manual. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Get up, put it in. Yep. There you go. It's like, <laughs> do that. I had and, an idea uh, when I, I had my, it was a 16 by nine screen, but I had kind of temporarily masked it, perma masked it with a friction fit, uh, additional panel. And I masked it down to two to one and just watched everything at that. Cause Scope had minimal letterboxing, 16 right. by 9. I wasn't missing anything in those extra pixels, you know. I even I, – I had a special projector preset for sports. If I was watching a football game, it would shift it down just a little bit further, and it just cut off the ticker, which was a bunch of stuff about games I didn't care about because I was watching right. one game, and that way it made sure the graphic at the top was always – The there. score, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, but, but yeah, so I had, I had an idea with just like elastic and velvet. It was like a sock that I could yeah. pull up on each side and pull down to, to mask quick and easy. Yep. I mean, there, there are so many great little DIY ideas and stuff like that, that, you know, I ended up just really liking that two to one aspect ratio screen. It was a great compromise. And again, I didn't have to do anything regardless of what movie I was watching. It was hands off. So, yeah, yeah. It's like, see, I like 
I like that idea. I've, I'm trying to work on ideas for like what I can DIY. Like how can I mask? Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely doing a 16 nine. Very rarely with a 16, do I have to bring in unless you're watching like the Snyder cut or something, but very right. rarely do you have anything that's actually, I think that isn't that the only thing that's there, four, three, you know, there's like full movie. Like there are movies there that's are variable more, to like, that, but we haven't watched it yet, but like Marcel the shell with shoes on won an Oscar last year. It's an okay. A24 film. It looks adorable, but it's like one six, six. Oh, it is. Um, okay. We've been, we've also been digging in there. We've not been super excited with a lot of the new releases lately. So we've been going, like we watched Chinatown the other night. So a little Nicholson Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Um, but like we've got Citizen Kane queued up and it's one, three, three. So there are definitely, there's definitely content there. Yeah. Some of the um, older movies. Snyder yeah. cuts really tall. Um, there's one more newer. Actually, there's several. If you if you go through the A24 catalog, there's a lot of them at 166. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A24 movies, pushes the envelope on all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's like, and I'm finding like, if you you might want to like at least me, I I'm starting to like want to push myself. If it the narrower it gets, the taller you want to push yourself closer, mm-hmm. so that it's. To your point, it's like it, you want to have that constant field of view, but at the same time, if it's taller, you want you want to feel like it's – you know what I mean? Like the director – like when you go to an IMAX screen, IMAX, like the director wanted you going like this, like mm-hmm. up and down, looking at – moving your head up and down. But yet if you went and watched like say, uh, you know, uh, you know Jackson with Lord of the Rings – you're looking at the escapes, you know, like, whoa, side to yeah. side. You're looking left to right, like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. But at the idea, it's like, you know, if in our rooms, you can do all that by like, all right, I scooch forward a foot on a taller screen and I can get that IMAX feel. But if I want to watch just normal scope, I still have that 45 field of view. But now I'm just sitting here and it feels like and you get that big, nice cinema scope feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it, it almost is like keep the forty five, but even though your aspect ratio is going to change, it's you know that right. Yeah, it's it's fun. So there's always something to keep us trying to figure something out. How On are we going to do this? How are we going to do? How that? are we going to? Oh, yeah, I know because it's. I mean, and again, I've said it so many times, and it's like, yeah, you could throw money at it. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. So you got to get creative and that's where fun stuff is invented. Not, not, I don't think we're going to slip on the pet rock and be like, Hey, I found automatic masking. It's a rubber band and a piece of velvet. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's, I I do like that idea. Yeah. I've thought of that myself. I've thought of that in a way, but my one drawback to that is velvet itself isn't very stretchy, but you'd still want it to be like pulled tight. That's why right. it goes around. Like the yeah, way yeah, I had like it, my, my, my screen that I was considering it with was a, it was a DIY frame with Seymour's mm-hmm. material. Basically, I it was basically um, whatever the wood was. Nah, I can't birch or whatever that I mm-hmm. f- made the frame with, and then the screen material was just stapled to the back side of it. Right. So it was it was only like this thick. And the frame, like I was going to have the masking go all the way around the frame. Right. And then the elastic like would pull it tight 
like the uh, you just cut the elastic shorter so that mm-hmm. it's always pulling that pressure around the sides. So the the velvet would just go just around the edges and then have elastic pulling it tight there on the back side. Yeah. yeah. And then when you're not using it, you just put it up into the frame area, and when you, then you pull it down to where you yeah. need it for the masking. That's a yeah, and it so like I'm I'm spitballing it in my head, mm-hmm. and you could do that. Like I could do that top and bottom. That would give you the ability, like you know, on a sixteen by nine. So uh, let me back up a second. You'd have to mount your screen center mount of the edges. So like for instance, I have a. Um, even if I got a, a Stuart screen, you would want to mount that screen in the middle of each side, right? So it's, you'd have mounted in two, because you can't mount it at the top and bottom. Otherwise, that sock's not going to work. Right. So you'd have to bracket that in the back and hold it, like frame it and get it on the wall in that one spot with a gap behind it. And then every movie, like you said, you're, you're only going up at the most, depending on screen size, but yeah. what, six inches yep. up and then down. But even if you're doing like a, what, like a 178, you just scooch it up that little bit. Yeah. Right. So you could actually, you, it'd be, you could have every single aspect ratio, ratio and it's already there on your screen and you just go and you just pull that down and you push the one up. It's even quicker than what I do now. And you yeah. would have every aspect ratio already mounted on your screen. Now, the one thing that you'd need to figure out is shadow. So ideally, you figure out a way to keep it as close to the screen material as possible instead of being out an inch, you know, in front no. of the frame itself, because then your projector is going to create my, my screen has a little bit of it just because my projector is above the top edge of the frame. There's just a little bit of shadow where you can see where it's kind of hitting the frame and missing a little bit of the screen. So you, you want, like, if you look at the Seymour retro masks that they just released, that you, if you've got a scope screen, you can buy these and they'll make them for any brand, for any mm-hmm. manufacturer, and you mount them one on each side. They're custom made for your screen size and they'll drop down masking on the left and right. So you don't have to buy a whole new screen. You just buy right. these masks and you have motorized masking. If you look at the way they work, if your screen material is, is like this, mm-hmm. they hang here. But then there's like a little rod here that that brings it back, keeps it to keep to the it screen. as close as possible to the screen, because that that'll give you a shadow hmm. if it's too far out. Hmm. Which is where you're you actually the way your masks work. It's the same. They're, 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 the front as of the, the mask frame. is like the same spot, but it's even with the frame, and it's still going all the way back to the screen. So, but well, I think it's yeah, my, doable. I, I don't even think that shadow thing should would be too much of an issue because if you're ma- – see, now, I've done, um, like, I've done it where, like, sometimes my my calibration will go – like, the, the zoom on it will yeah. go out of what – you know, if you don't touch it after a month yeah. or so, you'll be like, it's getting smaller or moved, right? Mm-hmm. So I've gone to the point where it's like my image has – like over time has slipped down a little bit and I look up and like, so I have my masking in and the edge is like just perfectly pristine all the way across the top. And I'm like, huh, 
why is it so pristine? I'm like, oh, and then I'll go up and look close and it's actually the images slipped down a bit because I know that if it's up there, there's one wrinkle in my velvet that's happened over the years that if I'm watching, it'll just be right there. If it's, Mm -hmm. if I'm overshooting the velvet, right? Right. My point being when it slips down and I can see like I'm actually getting a black line under my velvet. It's so cl- you can't. It's as black as the velvet because right. you can't see it. So like my point is like it, now if you pull a piece of black velvet down, whatever shadow it's going to create on the backside is going to be imperceivable. To me, I, I would think right. that would be imperceivable because you're just seeing that black velvet and then bright on the others. Uh, the right after that line, you're seeing that line. Right. You know, bright brightness. So I, I, I still think it's viable, but I'd have to see it in action. You might be yeah. right, but I, I, I think, I, I think it's to do with, because, you know, your, your velvet is still, it's wrapped around. Right. So My velvet is literally underneath, practically underneath touching the well. screen. Right. If it's yeah. just hanging out and there's a little bit and you're watching and your head is down here, mm. you see the black edge and the, the image is still shooting just straight perfect. But what you're seeing is that just like an inch of the screen behind the black velvet because it's not going right. back to the screen. So that's where your t- shadow mm-hmm. might not be the best way to say it. No, I know that, what you're saying. That's yeah. the whole point of getting, wanting it to be as close as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to work on that mm-hmm. because you can't have it be too close otherwise it won't tuck back up right it's got to be you know but yeah. it's got to be something either that or just find the money to you know. <laughs> I, I yeah it's four-way masking two-way masking i'm just happy if i can get some good two-way masking yeah um and i'm like i said i'm working on idea four-way coming in you can always use curtains yeah that's an easy one that's always been the easy way. Yeah. Uh, it's the up and down that, you know, and, I, and I've got an issue because my, I'm going to a bigger screen and it's going to be a, I, I don't want to do it the same way I have it, but I, I know I can. I'll just right. have to double it up and I know I can make it work. But, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to be able to come up with some idea like we were just talking about or something that it's well, slightly like, more convenient. Yeah. You know, and well, Seymour has, um, magnets yes so with the your steel frame or aluminum frame if you order it and you think you might get the masking panels they'll place the mat the magnets in the in the screen mm-hmm. frame and then you just they just pop right in and it's it's always right but it's also you have to get a panels for each aspect ratio or yeah yeah so which ones do i got yeah. a box here or panels <laughs> and it's like yeah. And those aren't easy, especially if you have like, you know, a wide, you go in the long way. That's, that's yeah. a lot of long panels, yeah. you know, and well, but for, for his, for, if you're, if you're doing top and bottom masking, they will be in sections. So you'll have like two, yeah. two for the top, two for the bottom. Yeah. I've had, a, I've seen a few of those talking with people and yeah. it's like, it looks like two, it's two halves, but they magnet, you know, they just yep. go right up and yep. sit there and, um, but yeah, it's. 
it, it is funny how the masking makes such a big difference for projector people. Yeah. It is. It's, it, it makes a, such a perceived difference that mm-hmm. once you have it, you can't go away from it. You can't. And that's why it's like, you're like, Oh, variable aspect ratio. When you, even when you have a 16 by nine screen, you're like, Oh no, now I'm going to have to live with the, the grayer bars. Yeah. But I, I'm telling you when I saw the Oppenheimer has changed my view on that. I'm like, cause I was, I mean, IMAX, it's a 70 millimeter IMAX. It looks fantastic. And I'm watching going, I don't care about the gray or it's gray. I'm like, that's part of the experience. Let's go with it. And I'm like, all right, still can't watch Maverick that way. Yeah. I still, I actually do. I prefer Maverick uh, masked. I, I'm like, I've watched it. I'll watch it with somebody if they haven't seen it before I'll, you should see i think you should see it in the variable but once you mask it out i mean it's shot for that anyways a yep. lot of the theaters people saw it in it's in you know cinemascope anyways yep. same with oppenheimer to be yeah. fair it's like the first two times i saw it it was just cinemas i didn't know i wasn't expecting that much of a difference but uh i thought the experience was fantastic and i i love the way i did it too i was like i saw it twice this way really enjoyed it and then I was like, it really did enhance it for me. And I already did love the movie, you right. know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's, I, I do agree with you that it's gimmicky, but I do also, and we've, you and I have gone back and forth on yeah. Twitter. Like, <laughs> I know <laughs> political views don't align on this, but I'm like, yeah. but it, it, you're right. I think, and that's the case. It's like when you and I start talking and people chime in, it's like, we are literally both right. It's like, it is gimmicky. But at the same time, it is an artistic choice that can work. It can. But it is. But most of the times, I agree 100%. Most of the time, it's a gimmick. Yeah. I, I would say. And, right. and I would say most of Nolan's are gimmicky mm-hmm. up until Oppenheimer. I think he nailed it on that one, okay. in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Like I said, for whatever reason, I'm, I haven't been like, oh, I got to go see this in the theater. I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll wait for Oppenheimer. I'll wait for Barbie, too. Um, but I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait and watch it here. And I'm sure that it'll be in variable aspect ratio. And when it's released, may probably not as extreme as the 70 millimeter yeah. presentation. And I'll, I'll likely do it just like I've done with others kind of by default where I'll watch it masked off in scope. And then the next time I watch it, maybe I'll let the, the Lumigen flip them just to see what's there but like you said it's it's all framed for scope even the even the biggest and yeah. and that's that's what gets me is like i i don't understand if if it's such a huge part of seeing the movie why isn't the whole movie like that why aren't the trailers like that why aren't you you could very easily release it in one six six or whatever aspect ratio you want for home video. If that's really the director's vision that it be presented that way, why wouldn't you do it that way all the way through? And I get it's the changing back and forth. No, and there's also some other videos on it too. And that like to get those images that good, it's the, the cameras are loud. You can't film. So like the dialogue scenes couldn't be filmed with that and still be able to reproduce it well. And and that's the other thing. If you're shooting something that grand, right. And you're like, it is huge. Every flaw is going to show up 
you don't want to be doing voiceover yeah. <laughs> because it's not going to work, right? You right. don't want to get, you know, you're, you're not going to get the actors back in and be able to match up what they're saying perfectly on that grand, beautiful scale. And what, can you imagine like Robert Downey Jr.'s voice is now like two stories, his lips are two stories tall mm. and the ADR just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <no. And laughs> you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's really it's a it's they shoot it for that visual effect yeah. and then you go into this effect here and it's like maybe someday because i i honestly when i went to see it at 70 millimeter i i like like i thought the whole thing was going to be tall mm-hmm. i didn't know it was variable until i saw it that way because i was under the because i know he said they said he filmed the whole thing in imax just not all right. in the tall 70 millimeter and yeah. And it's just, yeah, 70 millimeter, 15 perfs, the whole thing, which the the other part is, and you know, like they actually, like you're using the same exact film, you're just turning the image, Mm -hmm. which I think is crazy because like, it's like the same, it's like that. And that's where we get into like the tech and the evolution of it and stuff. And it's like, who thought of doing that? Right. Right, like, well, we got this frame. Why don't we just turn it this way, and we'll get a taller image? Yeah. And how do we get to utilize that? I don't know, but let's do it. <laughs> I, I remember when when I lived in San Francisco, I was doing a shoot. I don't even remember who it was for, but the the Tech Museum in San Jose was opening, and they had a an IMAX theater in there. And for the opening night, they had it was the Everest IMAX documentary. Mm. They had the filmmakers there talking and everything, talking about this is this is what I find the most nutty thing still about IMAX. Not about developing a new film stock. It's about these guys climbing. They're doing a documentary about these people climbing to the top of Mount Everest. And the filmmakers standing there going, now you, you see that shot where the climber reaches the summit of Mount Everest. And what no one's thinking about at that moment is the camera's already there. This is an IMAX camera. The frame size on each frame of film is the size of a postcard. They've got all these Sherpas carrying batteries that are lasting less than nine minutes each because of the cold. And they've got right. this huge IMAX camera, and it's just there waiting for the climbers. It's like nobody yeah. thinks about those guys. They right. went through all of this as well, and it's like just so crazy. Yeah, yeah. But that's – I mean, never mind like the first – obviously, you got – why did you climb Everest? Because it's there. You got that right. joke. And then, But the first person did it, why did you do it? Now it's like, I'm, I'm going to do it shirtless or something yeah. stupid, right? It's like, why? Because I'm going to try. I got to do it, right? And we it, – it, that's – and again, that's where you get into, you know, like we're stupid and we're geniuses. It's like, yeah. all right, how do we do – like the old Seinfeld joke. It's like, it, you know – how about why are we inventing helmets? How about we stop doing the activities that are going to hurt our head? It's like no, 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 no. Let's yeah. find a way to keep doing it. Yeah, and it's or keep doing it riskier. And it's like right. we're not only we're going to do Everest, but we're going to bring this with us too, <laughs> and we're going to show everybody what. We, where's the documentary of the documentary about the document? <laughs> like where do you go? Yeah, but that it's. 
that's what's it's just fascinating yeah. and like it's and that those were the early days i remember imax back in 70s 80s we had an imax theater at the museum of science in boston and that was a big deal it's like you were like oh my god and it was and it did back then even compared to you go to your local cineplex and mm-hmm. you're like which I, I grew up in franklin and for most of my life it was a one cinema screened yeah. room and then they actually took that one room and turned it into three. So now you have an even smaller one, but yeah. that was the way that everybody was going. You had to have more than one showing. Yep. Um, but then you go into Boston, go into the Museum of Science and be able to see. And it was probably, you know, narrated by Leonard Nimoy or something. He did a lot of stuff, that, you mm-hmm. know, and then those Everests would come out or anything. And then if you could get those at home, and I'd get them like maybe on Laserdisc or something. And you're yeah. like, wow. And you'd sit like down on the floor in front of your 32 inch television and be like, it's just <laughs> like being in Boston. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> your, your, your nose is about six inches away from 48, yeah. <laughs> 480 lines of resolution. <laughs> like, oh, and yeah. like, your parents were right. Don't sit that close because <laughs> you'll get a headache. That close. It looked terrible. Yeah, you're like it's not so bad now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's crazy what they can and what they could deliver. And even with that IMAX one, I remember uh, the Everest one. I mean, you see the snow blowing off the top of the mountain and mm-hmm. stuff, and you just like the, the things that they could capture that just hadn't yeah. seen before. Yeah, you know. But you're yeah, you're a hundred percent right. It's like you know, like it's like. Mm. What's the feat? Is this guy in the red jacket or the crew? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you wait here. We'll be up there. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So what have you been watching? Not much. Not much. I, uh, I've i been like, when we do the show, I let, I let the boys go because I've uh, foundation. I'm trying to keep up with that. Mm. That's the one, my staple. But other than that, it's like, I've, you know, if I can get a movie in and I got to say, I'm, oh, my listeners are going to be like, what the hell? I don't miss it. I don't miss it. It's like, what it makes me do is I really appreciate when I get to sit down Mm -hmm. in my room and then just go, wow, this is really nice. Like the image quality, it's just, it gives you, when you spend enough time, I think the longest I've been without being in my room was uh, like just over two weeks, right? Nothing for two mm-hmm. weeks straight. And when I sat back down, I was like, and it was streaming that I was watching with my son. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, because as much as we have our theaters and they are like, you know, everybody listen, they are our lives. Mm-hmm. Most of our perception is based off of the entirety of your life. So your regular right. television, your friend's house and everything like that. And if you step away from your theater for a while yeah. and then you go back in, your memory of it is like, oh, yeah, it's going to look really good. And then you get in there and go, whoa, yep. yeah, this is a lot better than I remembered it being. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, so that's been nice. But this is just so much work yeah. that sometimes it you know um, makes you break out in a sweat when you think of what you got to do <laughs> but at the same time i keep thinking of the end end product and being yeah. like it's just gonna be so much fun um that i, I you know months and months and months away yeah but uh and, and, and i'm always busy so it's not like right 
you know, when you're building something like this, it's not like you have a lot of time to sit back and miss what you were doing. Right. And, and when you're, and I'm also working towards the, the next one. It's not like I'm working towards just a new anything else. Right. Like imagine if I was working really hard to get a new car. Well, that's completely different than I would miss that because, but now I am, I'm literally working towards the same thing. So it's like my interest is all there. It's just being focused differently. And, uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, I don't miss it, but, um, but I can't wait to get back at it and just sit down and just let it wash over you again. Cause when I do get to do it, it's like, yeah, we, we got a new puppy a few weeks ago. So we've been keeping him on the, the upstairs floor. We brought him down here a couple times for yeah. for movies, like when we've worn him out during the day. Yeah. We'll just like lay down and conk out on a on a lap. But yeah, so we haven't been down here a whole lot recently either. But but it's yeah. hard with dogs too. Like my my shepherd will come. Not my shepherd. Sorry, my husky will come down and watch when I when if I was to watch in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, our younger dog, there's no way he just wouldn't sit still. So if we were to come down and watch something, it's, you gotta be like, you gotta leave them and you, you yeah. kind of feel bad. You're yeah. like, gotta go. Bye. I mean, when yeah. I go to work, I don't feel bad. I'm going to work, but I'm like, we're going downstairs. You guys go lay down. Yeah. You know, and yep. you kind of feel when you could just sit upstairs with them and they would love you and be like, you know, my, my, my younger dog, he'd just be bringing you toys. So you'd throw it and that's all he wants to do, but yep. you can't do that in the theater. No. So, but yeah. 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 Concrete floors for the win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but no, like, we've been watching, we've been watching a lot of stuff in preparation. I think like the other night we watched into the spider verse, getting ready for tomorrow's. Yes. Yeah. As yeah, we record this, yeah, it'll be tomorrow morning. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Actually, by the time this comes out, we will have recorded our podcast. That'll probably be in that podcast because we're expecting rain tomorrow. I've got nothing else so, other than show prep. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, yeah, that I'm really excited about that one yeah. because well, I've forgotten here, how good it was. Like I remember I, really enjoying the first one, but I had hmm. forgotten so much of it and rewatching it on, you know, this screen on the kaleidoscape with the new systems. Like, holy crap. The Lumigen, yeah. See in the in that movie, oh my god, oh, yeah, it, yeah. I watched it before I saw Across the Spider Verse in the theater, okay. and um, when but I'm really excited for Across the Spider Verse because in the theater I wasn't, I loved it, but I wasn't as excited mm-hmm. about it because I didn't like the ending because I didn't know it was a to be continued. Uh. I and as John pointed out to me it like we talked about it like two or three years ago but i've forgotten about it mm-hmm. and so when it wrapped up and it does it wraps up quickly okay like all of a sudden you're like oh my god they're not gonna make it this is a whole other movie <laughs> i didn't know that and it's that's aggravating yeah. i was like i didn't know that and now that i know that i can't wait to actually enjoy it and not have that overwhelming feeling going no wait a minute. You know, you're trying to figure things. I'm like, this is just yeah. this is horrible storytelling. This isn't going to wrap up. I'm like, oh, it never was supposed to. So uh I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. And I think the home theater side of it's going to be the Sony stuff is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
that just the, the Sony opening logo just looks 3D every time it comes up on anything, regardless of what it is. It looks like I think yeah. Passengers is the one that I always see it pop up on because I love the opening of the movie Passengers. It's great demo material. And it just that Sony logo is like, holy crap, this is, I forgot this was 3D. Wait a minute. It's not 3D. It's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Evil Dead Rise. Have you seen that? No. Rebecca doesn't like horror films, so I have to wait until my son and I can watch those. But I really want to go see that Talk to Me, Talk to the Hand, the A24 one. I'm hearing such great things about it. Talk. What's that? I haven't it's seen about that. like a it's a it's a it's a hand that if you do the ritual while holding the hand it takes you and you can talk to dead people it's kind of like a flatliners type vibe oh okay. like i've seen people like people My wife who i know are huge horror film fanatics like talking about how it's, it's been a long time since i've been in a theater and forgot that i could leave the theater because i was so terrified oh yeah so. Yeah, see, evil, now, do you have it already downloaded, mm-hmm. Evil Dead Rise? Okay. If if you get it and when you get it to watch this, even if, like, you were just, a, like, when we're done here and you go, all right, I'll download it. Like, the opening title sequence is absolutely amazing. Even my, my wife was like, holy, my wife is a horror fan, and mm-hmm. she was like, holy crap, that was awesome. Like, the opening title and then it goes right into a scene, which is really good. And it kind of sets you up for, it is a really good home theater experience, but, um, but yeah, that, it's, it, it literally is like that demo scene. You just, just push play. And again, the titles are just, I I forget who it was. Was it Warner Brothers? No, I forget, but it kind of comes together around like Mm -hmm. the, the title like swooshes around the screen, but the sound goes all around you and everything like that. It's really, really cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's like some of the, in the same thing with, uh, like I thought Maverick had a great opening demo because it was iconic. It was an, it it was like a 10 times improvement of what we know from the eighties, you know, so you had that, but there are quite a few out there that, that like, that it, the matrix yeah that opening scene where you get to mm-hmm. uh, so, a lot of good stuff yeah I'm trying to think what else have i even down i've been downloading a bunch of old stuff again well we watched guardians of the galaxy 3 yep eh, that was good I, I, th- I thought it was pretty good yeah i just i, think I it- loved that first one so much the bar was set so high that Two, I thought was kind of weak. Yeah. And three was better, but still nowhere near that first really? one. Really? And I loved that first one. See, you're like John. John loves the first one. He has that highly ranked in, like, back when we were ranking MCU movies. Now there's so many, you don't even worry mm-hmm. about it. But he always had that as one of his favorite of all the MCU. I liked it, but I was further down. Uh, it was further down for me. It wasn't, I mean, I, I thought, I, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. I loved the third one. Second one, I feel just like you. I'm like, yeah, that's a step down, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The third one was so good. It made me go back, watch the first one, which I'd done a million times anyways, but with a new appreciation. Sure. I'm like, oh, wow, this is so good. Yeah, this is bad. I, yeah. I, but that third one, I just think, I, I just love the 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 animal storyline, yeah. I felt like it was one of the most violent 
at Marvel movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, and you can do that because it's aliens and stuff, but right. it was one, absolutely one of the most violent Marvel movies yeah. to date. Um, pulls at the heartstrings. I thought it had a, it, but it, it also has great home theater experience. It, it definitely um, was that, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah, great look and sound to that one. The, the, yeah. You know, I think we talked about it on Twitter a little bit. A lot of people were talking about how dark it was. And it's like, oh, it's kind of a darker theme. And it definitely had its bright moments too. It was just that yeah. contrast based on the scene and the subject matter and in, in the scene. So I thought it looked great. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and, and again, it's like, I, yeah, I've, I talked about it here too. It's like we talked about it on Twitter, but I'm like, the Batman was dark. So, and this was kind of like that too. There were scenes inside of ships that were, you know, shot and feel, felt a little bit like the Batman, but mm-hmm. you could still see all that detail. And like you said, then there were some bright scenes that you were like, whoa, you know, that's yeah. really bright. And yeah. I just feel like, uh, Disney doesn't get, they don't get the credit when they nail it. They don't, people only like to talk yeah. about like the, the at mouse. You know, like, oh, it's not very good. But now Guardians is coming out. It's really good. Mm -hmm. It sounds great. It looks great. And everybody goes, yeah, okay. And then if something comes out and it's not very good, they'll be like, see? Yeah. But what about Guardians? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, one out of all of them. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You seen Iron Man? That looks looks and sounds incredible. I'm like, come on. (laughs) It's like, but. Yeah. People love to point at them and tell them they're horrible, but mm-hmm. yet they're leading in everything. That's oh, just well. that's just the life in general on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I downloaded Gods of Egypt the other day. Gods of we talked about that. We talked about that on the podcast. I think uh, that's with. Um, did we watch the yeah. game, Game of Thrones guy that I can never remember? Yeah, uh, Gerard is, Butler, Nicola Coaster Waldo. Jeffrey is okay. God, it's stupid. yeah. It, it, I, I pulled that one up because it's one of the few DTS X titles on Kaleidoscape where the yep. UHD version, or the HDR version, has got the X on it. Yep. And I remembered it from Acedia long ago when it was new. It was in a few demos at Cedia, so I pulled it down because I like looking at stuff I've seen on the most expensive systems and seeing what it's like on mine. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I, everyone. Yeah, goes, no, we didn't do that. I was thinking of something else, but okay. yeah. I'll, I'll, um, last, last year at Cedia, I went and I did all the demos and everyone was showing Blade Runner, Maverick, uh, you know, the, all the usual suspects. And you know what I did? The first thing I did when I came home, watch Blade Runner, Maverick, Maverick like, worked on like, okay, where am I lacking compared to what I just saw at Cedia? It's like you you go through those demos so many times, you're so burnt out on them. But then it's the first thing you want to do when you get home. Yeah, that's what Todd said to me. Yeah, and he goes, I he goes, I wanted to he, when he was on here a little while ago. He's like, I want to be a fly on the wall when as soon as you get home. Mm-hmm. He's like, because like I've never been. I've been to demos before. I've done demos before, you know. And you and you're right. You you just can't wait to come home. And try out your system. Yeah. And it's, it will be fun to, uh, uh, you know, you're going to, what do you think the, what do you think the movies are going to be this year? I don't know. Um, Cause there's no clear, I mean, 
Oppenheimer won't be out in time. I don't think I, I don't think Mission Impossible will be out in time, although it may because Good. it's kind of it, or at least on Kaleidoscape. Yeah. Right. That, that was um, the thing last year. If you saw Maverick, you knew that they were demoing from a Kaleidoscape because it wasn't out on anything else yet. And do you think I mean, I have no insider information on this. I'm pretty sure you don't either because Kaleidoscape doesn't give out any of that information or the studios. Do you think that the studios did that for Cedia? I no, doubt it. I, doubt I don't it. think because think of the press that the free press that the movie gets from that. Yeah. I'm putting it out just in time for Cedia. They had already del- like that was a long wait window and they had pushed it back at one point too. I don't think, I don't think they released it. Well, the wait early. to get it on Kaleidoscape was long, but then the wait from then, it was another right. two months. Oh before yeah. We, before we got it on do, disc. Do I think they made that window longer? Yes. No. No, no, not longer. I'm saying, do you think that they, like, I I don't think, I don't think Cedia or Kaleidoscape had anything to do with any release dates on Maverick. No, I think. No, no, no. Do you think the studio knows about Cedia and was like, we're going to hold it? Like, so here, here's what we do know. They held on to releasing it on Kaleidoscape as long as possible because the studio was, and when they do it on Kaleidoscape, it's, it don't, a lot of people think like, why does Kaleidoscape, it's, it's matching digitally Mm -hmm. with where it ends Mm -hmm. up with on, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, it's like, for instance, like premium window on Apple TV and movies everywhere and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, to be fair, Kaleidoscape isn't getting it any earlier. You're not getting nope. any benefit other than you're getting the disc quality mm-hmm. before everybody else because everybody else still has to stream it, right? So that that's off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But the window on how long they held that on Maverick was very, very long. I mean, Jurassic Park Dominion dropped like three weeks after the release because it didn't do well, but they held on so long. It did was because the, studio... the movie was still raking in money hand over fist in theaters. It didn't, I don't think it had anything to do with trade show. No, no, no. Well, here's the thing. Is the studio looking at it going, we're going to hold off as long as possible, but we have to have it out for Cedia. You see what I mean? Like yeah. if, if we release it before then, great. If the studio, if the, if the, if the theater release starts to go downhill, then we'll, 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 we'll drop it. If it's still running strong, we're going to go right up until here, but we're not going to hold that back because we want that to be played at Cedia. Do you think there's a possibility of that? I I think there's maybe a 1% possibility that that was considered. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to say that, you could say the exact same thing this year about Across the Spider-Verse because it was pushed about another month back to release tomorrow. It was supposed to come out last month already, a few weeks ago, but it was pushed back and we, and then the disc release won't happen until after Cedia. Right. But, th- but that's not doing well. You see what I mean? That was the other way around. They've you're, already you're, you're, pushed it back though. It was supposed to release it. It was supposed to drop digitally in July. Right. When I ordered it and they pushed it to August because it was still selling tickets in the theaters. That's, but, but you see, that's what I mean. So, and it's like, yeah, it's like, 
it's still selling tickets, but not like Maverick did last right. year. I was actually surprised we were getting it tomorrow. We're getting it this early. I honestly, um, but I just think most of, especially, um, Mission Impossible, I think is pretty much the, you know, the Tom Cruise disappointment this year. Cause the only way it's a disappointment is cause they're comparing it, hoping for Maverick. They're hoping for lightning in a bottle again. Well, and, and they're you're per- not getting that. They're comparing it to Oppenheimer and Barbie too. As That's a completely different animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a completely different animal. I think, I think those were both fueled off of each other, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they, you know, whereas, yeah, Maverick got to come out first. I'm sorry, not Maverick. Mission Impossible came out first. But now, like, everybody's focus is gone mm-hmm. off of that. It's like the next greatest thing is already out. Right. So it's like whichever's going to come second is probably going to be the closing act, right? Yeah. You don't, you know, so you forgot who opened. <laughs> yeah, which and, and I loved the new Mission Impossible. I thought it was fantastic. Me too. I, you saw my pictures. We I, we we didn't go to a, a big screen. We found the closest yeah. thing to a home theater that we could. The thirty three seater. Loved it. Yeah, everything about that was, it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Steve, uh Steve did that too. For I think he did the same thing over there. It was um I think it was for Mission Impossible as well. Mm-hmm. So now is that somebody like privately just made their own theater? How did that work? Yeah, basically that's it. I mean, it's a guy who loved it. He, it was an original location before the pandemic and then it closed down. It it was right down downtown Seattle, like in Belltown, which is right where the space needle and stuff is. It was right in the heart Mm -hmm. of that area. Um, closed down during the pandemic, but then moved out into the suburbs into a nicer facility, um, out there and, you know, just took all of his equipment and opened it up again post pandemic out there. Um, but you know, it's, it's a Barco projector. It's a, um, but it's only 7.1. It's not, you know, it's not Atmos or anything, but you know, it was just, it was great. It was a really cool presentation. It's, you know, the the screen was perfect sized for that, you know, size of an auditorium. It was, I thought it was just fantastic. It was really cool. cool. I, I enjoy that. I, I don't know. I, it's something I've never really looked into. I don't know what the licensing is like to get that, the, you know, the digital cinema print on that first run access without like a, you know, Cause I don't, I, I don't think it was a Barco like industry grade projector. I think it was more of a Barco residential consumer, projector. but oh, wow. you know, I mean, cause he doesn't need the, the full canon of the industrial size on the size of screen that he has, but right. I don't know what the integration would be. I, I, I guess if anyone could figure it out, it'd probably be Barco. <laughs> Yeah, there are systems. Yeah. I know there are systems where you can get first run movies, but it's like they're insane. It's like you're paying. And when I say insane, it's like you're paying a thousand. Well, I guess if you but I don't know. You're right. I don't know if you could sell tickets for it because yeah. it's like because when I looked into it years ago, and it's popped up as a 
conversation piece on the podcast a few times, mm-hmm. but it's like, it was like 30, it, it was like Kaleidoscape stuff back in the day. It was like $30,000, for the system. And then each movie was like, and this is when I read about it before, it was like $500. Yeah. And you only had it for 48 hours or something like that. And- now it's up to like 1200 a movie. And you've got it for, I think, maybe a week or something. So, but that's for private viewing. But you're literally getting pristine version. You're getting the, the home cinema, the the home theater, not even the home theater, the theater version of it. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. So I I don't know how they do it. Scanner on it. I remember, I remember one where you have to scan your thumbprint Mm -hmm. to, to, to view the movie. Yeah. There, it, it, so that you know, and you can have. Hmm. There, I thought these, I remember. These are one, the systems one, that, like the Barry Sonnenfeld, and you know, yes, not, well, not Quentin Tarantino because he's got a thirty-five millimeter projector, but yeah, the directors right. have, so they can watch at home. Yeah, and I, I've listened to uh, enough um, actors' podcasts, and they'll have people on and be like. And it's, it's those little things when you listen to enough of them, you'll hear them say, what kind of system do you have? All right. I'll give you my, you can have, uh, what you can screen it this weekend. And you're like, and, and then like guys like you and I'll hear that and be like, Ooh, they know, I know what system they have. And they'll be like, right. I'll give you my code. You can watch it this weekend. Or you, or you want to come over? I have it. You have that already. And it'll be another actor that doesn't know that you can do this, right? They're not yeah. in the, they don't, they're not big enough in the industry yet to know about it. And they're not tech savvy enough. Like, like you and I, we just know about it because I've been reading about it for years, but it's, and it usually comes up in conversation like, Oh, I wish we could get this at home. Well, you yeah. can, but here's what it costs. Yep. And I think the last time it came up, it, one of my listeners asked about like, do you think they're rushing the production on these discs too fast to get them up? I'm like, Oh God, no, these are already done. Yeah. <laughs> they're not rushing anything because people are getting them day and date of the movie. Yeah. Right. And never mind what we're getting. They're holding it back. They're not like putting the fin- finishing touches on these discs right. after the movie comes out there. It's pretty much done. Yeah. Um, even like going back to like Laserdisc days and listening to the audio commentary, all this stuff was th- they're watching the Laserdiscs or the the, yeah. the home version of it in the audio commentary. Yeah, that's what they're like. Oh yeah, and you, I used to think they were watching the film film, and then you'll hear it in the audio commentary. Like oh yeah, on this disc here we're watching and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and they'll talk about the disc, yeah. and then you'll be like, well maybe it's just you know them just trying to talk it up and they're lying. Well, no, because they'll tell you the features that are like, I really like what we did here on the opening sequence of the disc and bull, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah this stuff's all done well, well in advance. Yeah, I mean, they, they're based, they're recording all that stuff at the press junket for the movie. Yeah. Same, same, uh, same production project, you know, they're. Yeah. Coming yeah. in for a few days, recording all the PR stuff for home video, you know, everything that's going to be released over the next, you know, six months. And they're doing it all in a week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They screened it. They did it. Yeah. yeah. So and we're the benefactors. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, you got anything else? Oh. I mean, by the time this drops, we'll see each other in a few, like a week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
God, yeah, that's really that's uh, been a lot, but that's all that's really happening here. I'm 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 very excited for Cedia. This project's been been very cool to work on, and you know, it, it's always it's always cool to get that look behind the curtain a little bit, and you know, yeah, from a different aspect. I when I worked in when I was doing in in San Francisco working on broadcast television stuff, you know, every, every cable television show you could imagine from the early two thousands, I worked on it from behind the music house hunters, all that kind of stuff. I was working on those and I thought I would go home and I would read my home theater magazines and read, you know, articles by Chris Deering and John Siaka yeah. and, and these guys. And, and now it's like, whole Hi guys. different life. I'm no longer working in episodic, but I'm working side by side with, you know, Anthony Grimani and Chris Seymour and the, the storm audio crew are just fantastic. Um, you know, the row one seating guy, I went down to Tacoma a month or so ago to test drive some of his seating a little bit. So, you know, that was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a bizarre, you know, working in one field and looking at all these journalists and you know, the pioneers yeah. of the home theater industry. And now I'm working with the pioneers of the home industry, home theater industry is like, what's next. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, I, I can't wait to get there. Um, just like I said, my first time there, but same thing, knowing a lot of, not a lot of, but knowing a bunch of the people mm-hmm. that I'm going to run into, it's, I, I would want to go, since and I couldn't, I wasn't even able to when I wanted. You'd be like, "Oh, I wish I could go to that someday." And now to be like, it's as fun as it is to go to these things, and it is for any of us enthusiasts to go to that event. I'm just as excited to like meet you guys, meet yeah. the people, and meet. And I know we went through the pandemic, but it's also a product of it. There could have been no pandemic, and I still wouldn't have met you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of the product of the podcast of just meeting people and getting there and being able to meet people and yeah. stuff like that. And 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 I think in talking to to a bunch of you guys already, it's like that is kind of what the whole thing is yeah. about anyway. You know, people that are in the industry, it's like just going down and being able to see people and mm-hmm. talk to them. And, you know, like when I asked Chris if he was going and he's like, oh, I can't go this or he could, but he's already going to have been there because of his daughter and yeah. stuff. He goes, I'm not. And he goes, I miss I'll miss the people. He goes, but, you know, yeah. for him, it's not, you know, he's like, oh, I'll miss that part. But yeah. he's like, ah, well, but he's been so many times. So, yeah. 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 It's it's wild. Just, you know, seeing some of those people, though, like you and me our years of, you know, geeking out and fanning over this whole mm. industry, like seeing Noel Lee and, and mm. you know, seeing some of those guys, but then also you see like, Oh, there's Craig Peer from ABS and, you know, mm. science. And there's, it's like, Oh yeah, I, I recognize these. Like, I didn't even think that they would be here, but yeah, it's just kind of another, it, it, it's very cool. If I had one piece of advice, wear comfortable oh. shoes. Comfortable, yeah, well, oh, obviously. It's yeah. so painful by the end of the like, especially you know, because every time I'm there, I'm also like working, and I'll I'll have a camera there and be filming stuff and carrying that yeah. all over the place, and uh, just I'm gonna do 
very like I have no expectations on what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I'll have a backpack. I'll have some gear if I want to do something. If I find the time, but it, it's like I'm half expecting myself to just like walk away and be like, I'll tell everybody next on Tuesday, right? And just absorb the entire, especially talking with, well, you talking with Brett and Todd and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like it's very overwhelming. Even your first time, it's just yeah. overwhelming. So just, I'm just go, I'm expecting to just go and enjoy it and just wander around. I mean, yeah. I'm on my feet all day anyway with what I do. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of expecting that's just part of the, part, another day for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I think I'm just going to just wander around and be like, you know, I'll run into you and be like, where should I go next? Yeah. <laughs> and be like, and, you know, and I'll be like, I don't know. I've only been at this one booth because I'm working this one booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'll be like, DJ, where should I go next? Yeah. <laughs> where have you been? Works. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I've been talking with Brett a bit about it. And yeah. So it'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's so. it's a good time. It's 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 like the Lollapalooza for home theater nerds. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much and it's and that's what makes it so much it like again it's it's the meeting the people and stuff mm-hmm. and you know yeah, i've got to meet a lot of people this way and now yeah. i get to see people face to face and then meet others too so yeah. looking forward to that so i guess one other thing that i would say walk into some booths that you might not have any idea what it is one of the most yeah. impressive things i saw last year was this uh it was k-array Mm-hmm. Still have never heard anything from them since, but what they, but what they're doing is super impressive. And they're, it's not like they're gone. They, they have done the sound system in the, I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles stadium where they've oh, wow. got like, it's all, it's all line arrays, even subs. Um, and they have speakers that are smaller than a little AirPods case. Yep. You connect with these subs that are like a, they're like, they're like these eight foot snake sections and they're all, you can just keep connecting them on down in a row and they just put these, they've been like in stadiums. They'll just put them under bleachers and it just, it, it's, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when I walked into this little glass room. I'm like, so where's the sub? And they're like, it's that. I'm like, that's a power cable, isn't it? That looks, yeah. like, it looks like a cable that's, should be tacked yeah. up against the corner. It's like, nope. Huh. And then the, the speakers, like, like a chiclets. I mean, just like these tiny, tiny little things. And they're, they're, they make them in light fixtures that will hang, you know, like above a kitchen counter. And they have these little speakers in them and they just sound enormous. And it's like, huh. I just kind of got pulled into this room by a PR person who said, Hey, come check this out. I'm like, okay. Cause I was carrying a camera around. Right. And, and yeah. I was blown away. Like, I would have never walked into that booth because I didn't know what K-Array was, but they were, that was so impressive. It was really cool. And so, yeah, don't just go for the things you've heard of. Find find some things right. you've never heard of and go check them out because you might, you might become a new, you might forget all about home theater and figure, you know, yeah, these office speakers. Well, wow. <laughs> but I think I would. Yeah, I would probably do that just out of because it's my first time mm-hmm. and just wander and be like, what? I, I don't know what I know. 
right. or don't know, right? So I'd be like, what is this? I don't know. I might have assumed it was something I knew about or something like right. that. I don't know. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll see the, you know, you'll obviously you're going to see the brands that you know and recognize and everything, but it's, hmm. the, you know, sometimes it's the ones that you've never heard of that have the most impressive technology there. So yeah, check yeah. them out. Pushing, pushing the envelope. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right, Travis. Well, Can't thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, it's been thank fun. you. Always a good time. Reach out anytime, Travis. Anytime. You get a new piece of gear, let me know. I mean, this time it just happened to be the Lumagen. You were never against one, were you? No. No. No, I, I was I was just – I was at the stage of do I get a Lumagen or do right. I just save up and get the new JVC? Yeah. Because I knew yeah. what I needed – and it was one or the other, and I had just been leaning towards the JVC because it's one purchase, and then it's right. done, and I've got the laser projector, and I've got tone mapping, and that's great. That's what I need, right? Right. But then that wanting to wait a little longer but not wanting to wait yeah. led me to dig deeper on the Lumagen, and, and here I am. And, and to comic. be fair, what did I tell you when you asked me? Which should you do? Yeah, you have you, just like everyone else I said, get the Lumagen. Absolutely yeah. get it. Yeah. Because you'll still have it when you do upgrade your projector. Yeah. And it's going to make every projector, at least in the foreseeable future, yeah. better. Right? And it's like, and that's what was told to me, too. Yep. It was like, uh-uh. I, you know? I, you know, and even looking back a year ago, I said, this, I asked the exact same question to Joey Peacock at Cedia. And I'm like, so should I get a Mad VR or should I just get a new, like, should I just get a new JVC that has tone mapping? It's like, get the mad VR because then you'll have tone mapping and you'll always have it. You, you'll right. have it for whatever projector you get. Yeah. It's like, and I just listened back then, but then I would have maybe bought a mad VR. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, wrong with I, a mad VR except no double the price. Yeah, exactly. I was sitting with Jim and he's literally calibrating, getting my Lumagen installed. And I'm like, all right, what's my next upgrade for the projector? Right. What should I get next? And he mm-hmm. goes, Oh, you're done for a while, <laughs> for a long while. He goes, you won't like even in this room, in this particular room, he's like, you throw this and he goes, you couldn't improve yeah. much they, like compared to what you have with the, what the Lumagen's doing for this projector. He's like, yeah. he goes, why would you waste, you know, you're going to spend what? Twelve, fifteen thousand dollars, and he goes, probably going to be because that that those video these video processors they level the playing field because now you're just it's literally a light bo- a light source, yeah. right? And that's it. And, and yeah, and and it just it when it does come time to upgrade to the next generation projector, your projector dies. You just need mm-hmm. to you know add something. It it opens up more avenues. You're not yeah. locked to JVC because they have the best in projector tone mapping tone mapping right you you know you don't necessarily have to go down a certain road because the lumagen opens up many more options i will very likely stick with jvc going forward um because i love the the black levels um but you know honestly i was tempted a little bit by sony's brightness but with the jvc lasers there's not a huge amount of difference yeah so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just now you're getting into that. Now you're getting into nitty gritty. Yeah. 
that even with a video processor in line, it's so minimal. Yeah. It's so minimal. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, you're getting a very high quality image all the way down. I think it was the, uh, uh, what was the shootout that youth man did? It was like over a year ago mm. and they had, they had the, you know, the $27,000 JVCs and Sony's mm. all the way down to like a $1,200 Epson or something. Right. And literally, and they, they had the mad VR software in line and the people that, and they, what a 10, 15 panel, you know, people like blind testing mm-hmm. And they said with the Mad VR software in line, they were like, there were times when you're like, I can't tell the difference, or they were like, oh my God, this one is better and it's cheaper, far cheaper. Right. Or you're like, how the hell is a twelve hundred dollar projector looking <laughs> yeah. that good next to the twenty seven thousand dollar projector? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's not fair. Yeah. But it's like, and it's it's amazing what software can do. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, and that's what it is. And it's like, when you say it's like, you know, that, you know, JVC has great onboard, you know, tone mapping, but you're taking that it's onboard. It's, yeah. it's gotta be, it's, it's smaller. It's inside. It's like you're, you've just outsourced it to this computer that just yeah. makes a big difference. And the other thing that we didn't even really touch on with the Lumigen is just, how frequently Jim keeps updating the firmware. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, JVC's definitely updated their tone mapping on their projectors. They've definitely oh, yeah. pushed updates. But Jim, I mean, it seems like, what, every few months there's a new firmware for the Lumigen and everything just keeps getting better. And this is, like, everyone's like, well, the Radiance Pro has been available for how many years? It's like, doesn't matter. Right. The hardware's still valid and the the firmware is still coming fast and furious yeah yep it's yep great product support after the purchase and that's and then to touch on what we touched on earlier you don't need it you don't need these things you know and if if you were gonna wreck i mean jvc does a great job their their projectors their updates Mm -hmm. their everything if you're running a jvc or you you, and you don't see a problem you don't need it you don't need it. It's like a lot of the stuff like you and I talk about, like, or when anybody, it's because you get the detractors that'll tell you, you're an idiot. You don't need that. Just get this yeah. and be like, I didn't say I needed it, but it does a great job. And then don't tell me it's not doing a better job. Right. It's like, you know, and it's like, but at the same time, it's not worth the price, the upgrade. You and I both didn't have the tone mapping. Right. right. If you already have JVC and you have tone mapping, you're probably not going to be as impressed as Travis and I were. Yeah. You may be. You yeah. may be because it. Is, I know most of the people I know have JVCs with Lumigens in line. Yeah. And they've done it and they've compared it. JVCs with tone mapping, that is. Yeah. So maybe you would be. But at the same time, if you do it, it's probably doing a good job and you're, you're not even in the market. But yeah. that's what like when I talk and I say like, oh, well, don't tell me I don't. You know, it doesn't do a good job and you don't need it. This does the, it does not do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And really, really important. And I, I appreciate the fact that you drive it home. Like Andrew, I watch Andrew Robinson on YouTube and I love how he closes every video with the only person who has to like the sound of your system is you. Absolutely. Yep. Don't listen to what anyone else is telling you if you're happy with it. 
And I appreciate yeah. that you repeatedly basically say, don't go looking for problems that you can right. fix. If you notice a problem, we'll help you find the solution. Don't go in search of problems. That's, that's the huge driver of just like wasted money and insanity in this hobby is that there's enough we problems to are going to creep up. Yeah. We love <laughs> listening to this kind of content because it's fascinating. It's informative. It's entertaining. You know, it's stuff that we are interested in, but it's far too easy to just go. These guys love their Lumigen. I'm going to get a Lumigen. Do you yeah. need it? I don't know. You guys love it though. It must be great. I'm going to get it. No, you don't. You might not need it. If yeah. you, if you don't have any, if you have, if you don't have a, tone mapping solution for your HDR display or your HDR capable display. Lumigen is a great option. It's fantastic, but don't, don't just assume you need one because we love ours. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And by the same token, don't tell me it's not doing a great job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but. all right. All right. That'll do it. That's, Hey, we went, 238. Nice, nice short, tidy. <laughs> uh, that's what's going to be tough when you guys all run into me at CD. Yeah. Like, I saw DJ. I talked to him for two minutes. That was the shortest I've ever talked to DJ because I got because you guys are all going to be busy. You know? yeah. You're like, nobody likes me. <laughs> you'll, you'll be too busy. You're running around to the next booth yeah. and the next demo. Yeah. Yep. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. You Everybody, bet. uh, you guys uh, all out there, you guys know what you got to do. Go push play. What he said. I don't even say it anymore. Go push play. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.